Lat B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat B Podcast. Welcome back, welcome back to Lat B MMA Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Emmanuel, here with one of the best co-hosts you could ever have, Leading the Fight Big Championships, we got Chaney coming in first. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. And you know, that's why I wear my sunglasses. Because my future's so bright. Oh, looking good. <laughs> my future's so bright. Getting a tan over here. And you know what else is... Uh, I, 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 let me just explain to everyone what it's like up here in the 900 Club. Woo! Can you <laughs> yeah. breathe? Well, not only can I breathe, I got wings. I got wings. <laughs> I'm only worried about Alpha at this point, so my, my decision is I'm going to wait until Alpha puts his picks out every time and just do the same picks as Alpha from here on out. <laughs> the exact same. So I'm going to be that person <laughs> on the prices right that when you're like, huh, I think that refrigerator is 600 and I'm going to be like 601. <laughs> Wouldn't it be The awful? tactics are real. Yeah. So remember when he used that thread on me? I'm using it back. I'm oh, it back. here you get. So. Be careful. Comes at you. So, definitely a hot weekend of fights. Man, we had some amazing really showcasing. I've been wearing them too long. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to catch our recap, go to Fights of the Roundtable. You're going to be able to get us the night of after everything went down, our hottest takes. And uh, it's definitely a fun time getting together with some. MMA legends out there. And everybody, it's been hard to find the fights of the round table on YouTube and on Vocal and on Discord. Um, but just keep looking for it. We haven't really released any audio versions of it yet because we I've still been trying to perfect or do something with the intro. Something. Um, but And we've been practicing on how we were kind of go down, how we were going to end. I think we're getting more of a format, which if you're a fan of the show, um, it's pretty similar to what we do. We do it kind of from the bottom to the top and then talk shit in between. Absolutely. And just talk about the entire night directly after. Uh, and we do it with Ricky and Buddy um, over from MMA Marks. But everybody from the Fight Pick Championship is welcome into it. And that's why we're starting to do it on Discord. I think over the Get Vocal, it might lock at four in the room. Okay. And Discord welcomes a lot more people. So maybe not just the Fight Pick people, but maybe you guys can hop over on Discord and maybe we'll have a Fights of the Roundtable uh, our own little thing so people can jump on. On the Backlog channel, if on you're looking. Channel. And that's going to be where you're going to be able to find we'll all of that. We'll see if King Backlog will uh, throne us with our own little spot for us to talk shit. But I would love it if Backlog was on, too. And I, uh, for you techie nerds, if you ever want to, Backlog has some great videos at how to do um, all T this. Tutorials? Yeah, tutorials. Tutorials. <laughs> Forget it. Well, the only turds coming in for Lat B over the weekend was uh, none. I that got one and two. Woo! One and two coming in hot. What'd you end up getting over the weekend overall? 75. Nice points. Were you 8 of 11 or 10 of 11 over the whole night? Um, I think, um, I don't know. I can look. I will look right now. Definitely. But you 
Everybody's been talking about it. That was the talk <laughs> of Twitch yesterday. That's where I'm like, you should come on more and hang I out with these guys. To. Everybody was touting off about your perfect score. Oh, and they were even trying to explain to people who weren't UFC fans how pretty impossible that is to do. Thank you. I have heard none of it. I need to get on there more. Uh, day job and your boy going What's to school. Your, what did Evil Twin say about it? <laughs> he congrats. Oh. Uh, one of the few times. So only... Even a shit pick to go your way. And afterward, I thought it was kind of... My only switch. My only switch. Yeah, and it was... Um, what Sakai one versus Evenoff. I picked Sakai. Even off on the show, and after weigh-ins, I just oh, felt like Sakai. But I also felt like I thought it was like, oh, I think it, maybe it was Carlisle should have won that. But no, after no. rethinking it, Quarantillo should have totally won. And I thought, watching that fight, that was a brass pick. Balls. <laughs> brass balls. I think so. Really? Even though it was such okay. a close fight, watching it, sure. if you weren't educated in fights, it looks like, oh, Carlisle carried him all over that map. But knowing what about control time and... Uh, actual percentage of shots landed. Well, I will say, as you're saying, there was a bit of luck in there because that first round would have went Carlisle's if he didn't walk away and get dropped in the last three seconds. But that's a fight hey, game. Hey, that's a fight game. <laughs> that's a fight IQ. And why you end up picking some of these guys, Quarantillo having that heart right. of a fighter. So it was definitely a great show in here. If you're following at Zol tonight, five on Tapology in the world. Oh, Number five, I think I scored. Oh, wow. That's in the awesome. World. That's hard to do. In the world. <laughs> uh, the other thing real quick is I know we drop commercials and shit, but uh, if you follow us, we will repost uh, fight pick or fights of the round table, the links and stuff. And Definitely. It happens immediately after the fight. So stone, drunk, high, um, fighting, whatever your gig is. You can just turn it on. You're bored. You can listen to us talk shit about the fights. I got eight of 11. That's what I thought it was, a, which is still a great showing, over 50%. It's fine. It's there, fine. There I don't mind getting ones. second place from here on out. I hope you get first. I'll get second. I just mm. want to get second close enough that you don't end up beating me. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as the belt's here, I'm okay with it. It's going to be here It's anyway. going to be here. There's no way. People don't see it. People don't see it. There's many fights. So, we got a fun one coming up. UFC 250 on pay-per-view, headlined by Amanda Nunes, by up-and-comer Felicia Spencer at 145 pounds. 70 bones you're going to have to put down. Now that Bones Jones is walking the streets, you're going to have to put your money somewhere, and this is probably going to be the pay-per-view. What do you think about Bones Jones walking the streets, <laughs> protecting against the looters and the rioters? Good for him. Hey, it's better than... Uh, Shooting your gun off in the air at 4 a.m. in the morning. Running and, over pregnant ladies. Yeah, cry. Exactly. <laughs> so, good for him. Good publicity. Yeah, it's a he needs thing it. to do. Absolutely. You know, I, just be safe, John Jones. Absolutely. So, he's in reverse. You know how it's, uh, you live long enough as a hero to become a villain or see yourself yeah. become a villain. He's a villain becoming a hero. <laughs> he's going to live long enough as a villain to become everyone's favorite. <laughs> exactly. He's going <laughs> to flop a few career. times. Nuts. Uh, what about the Nganu Dana thing going on? Hate it. It's all talk. It's all fight talk. There's many fights for John Jones. Is he going to retire? Probably not. But he will get a pay increase regardless. There's no way he won't now that he's talked about stepping away. They can't offer him less money. He's only in a new renegotiation potential coming forward, as Nganu is. Uh, people say that Nganu is dumb for even throwing his hat in that ring like he should just 
stick to his plate. He's going to get paid a lot more money than he ever has, but that is a very losable fight for him. Yeah, if, I mean, if anyone can do it. It's, yeah, John it's fucking John Jones. But I think the same for John Jones. It, it's a very losable fight for him. That's why you got to pay them. That's why you got to fucking pay them. Speaking of going up in weight, um, we all know my awful pick on T. Woods. Uh, and T. Woods uh, lost to Gilbert Burns handedly. People are saying for T. Woods' career, maybe moving up to 185 might be the move for him. Like, he's been, he used to wrestle at 174, and, you know, yeah. when he was in college, like, 18, and now he's, you know, almost 40, and he's less weight than that. Like, sure. maybe him going up can kind of be the uh, the, uh, or the Santos of 205, and I could see it. T. Woods never making a title run at any weight. He, I think he beats, he does a Hector Lombard, where he beats people, and then slowly people start to make a name off of beating him. The only hard part for him is going to be he's only going to be facing high-level contenders. But he hasn't had that drive for a few fights now. We profiled it a bit. I like to call it the PMP plus money plus the Gilbert Burns coming in over the weekend as At well. At the top, though, with Gilbert, with Colby, with... Uh, all of them meet him up. But we already... We said... Well, I think yeah. we beat them to the punch because we already named all those names and we're like, I'll so, tell you. And we all know, and Woodley knows too, he's an intelligent cat. He knows um, he can't beat those guys. But there's a lot of fights that all of a sudden he are can intriguing win. in the 185. To me. I like still think that Him just sitting there as a gatekeeper and letting people like... Make a name out of him. him. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think he could... He could still be a main card draw fighting at 185 against some curious, like stuff that's intriguing to me a little bit. Honestly, the best option for T Wood right now is probably actually stepping away and going to Bellator or PFL. T Wood versus Bobby Knuckles and Kelvin at 185. Those are I would that love to have. see those, but he's not going to be clearing those paychecks for such harder fights at this point in his career. But are they? Everybody out there is a 170er. Like or most Move, of the a lot of them moving Till up. Till he You're already right. wrecked, and Till right. just went up, and he had this whole rejuvenation to his career. Everybody really loves Till again. All of the divisions. And he was on like three loss win, you know, three loss streak or something. Right. So maybe everybody would love T Woods again at one eighty five. I mean, not that they ever loved T Woods. I think he goes to Bellator. I think that's the best option. That's if you listen to me. There's some free money there, T Wood. Go to Bellator. You're gonna you get paid for a lot more easier money fights. and championship probably. Probably, and regardless, there's going to be one guy that might challenge him. Everyone else is going to be pretty easy fights. So that's a fun way to start off this 12-card pay-per-view. It's been all sorts of short notice replacements coming in. Not as crazy as the previous weeks. There is a lot more depth here. We do have a lot more tape study on these guys. Not a debuter in sight. So that was fun for the tape. I got to watch all sorts of... I was staying up all night. You don't even know me. I was jiggling in bed. My girlfriend was like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh. Oh, I'm just watching this knockout. Oh. Woo. I'm watching Cody Garber. Yeah. I'm watching Sam Hagen. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I need to take a shower. So... She's like, let me watch. Yeah. There was just all sorts of amazing footwork all over the night. And you know how we always started here? From the bottom to the top, it goes on. With Evan Dunham, the long-time title contender, now at the end of his career, coming in against Hilbert Burns, the lesser of the Burns brothers. You know we have a big lat B logic here, and we're always like, there's one good one, and not one, not one not so much. Not so much. <laughs> Gilbert Burns so far has shown he's pretty good. He is 10-2, and two, lost via decisions only. Also a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Showed us some of his... 
striking acumen. In that last fight against Landwehr, I had Landwehr who just had a showcase fight recently, uh, but Gilbert Burns showing that knee off and getting one of the first finishes he's ever had via his hands, he tends to be more of that submission fighter. At 32 years old, he is by far the younger fighter at a old 38, I feel like, for Dunham. Dunham's on a two-fight losing streak. He ended up getting uh, the majority decision to Benil Dariush. I don't know if that was overturned. I feel like it was the steroids. But that was Dunham trying to get a leg up already at 36, let alone 38. He's running his own gym, doing all that stuff. I can't say he's in the same spot as a lot of these other guys because I know he was a financial consultant like back in 2007 and left to do his MMA gym and stuff. So maybe he's doing good in the stock market. Playing that DraftKings stock, make money, if you know what I'm saying. But he's definitely um, lost a step all the way around. He's a great fighter. Black belt is well on the ground. I feel like Dunham is getting overlooked a little bit here. Just I love because that you said that. Just because he, he is on the tail end of his career, but Gilbert Burns is still too brand new. He beat one guy. That also beat someone yeah, on the end of his career. Yeah, Dunham's losses and his wins, it is against the top. Top of the Yeah, sure. it's against guys that even if they're not at the top right now, they were at the tippity top when he fought him. And I think, one, Herbert's getting all this shine because it literally was the same shot that Herbert finished his last fight with that finished Dunham the last time. <laughs> right. It's like the same knee to the liver or kidneys or something. Um I think all Herbert shine right now is how good Gilbert just did. I totally agree, and that's why the line is a is super off. It's like I have Herbert because I can't be this way. I just don't like Dunham all that much. But Dunham can make it a super boring fight and out wrestling him if he can avoid that knee for the first round and just get a takedown on that or keep at distance. Um, I think he can make this a really boring fight and eke out a decision to an easily lesser fighter in my opinion, as far as skill set. Definitely someone that we haven't seen as proven, and I think you're absolutely right. I'm totally in that vein. Minus 225 for Burns is too, too crazy. much. That's crazy. But in that same vein, it's the fade train on Dunham, and I've been making a lot, fading a lot of these If you got a little money to throw around, I think you put Evan Dunham and you put Felicia Spencer get salty and we'll see if there's anything else to come along but because of how big of underdogs they are in my the opinion value. that it's unwarranted um, that uh, how big of underdogs i think you could maybe make like where you're like oh i put eight dollars down and made 300 <laughs> it's like one of those weird ones so i am i have herbert burns because he should have all the tools he's at the same camp he's with the same guys he should be able to grind this out get yep. a tie clinch fucking knee to the gut somewhere we're done and done um but gosh what do we like herbert burns has never been exciting to us this would be like us putting it all on david Tamer. that's <laughs> thank you or 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 the mistake i made last week uh antonian antonina shevchenko Trying to tell you. Yeah, you did. You were like, oh, girl. But I will say for my own right, when it was just stand-up, she was piecing up Chukagian. But who saw Chukagian coming in with the Shevchenko game plan? The Val game plan of takedown, takedown, takedown. I retweeted a couple guys that I was chatting with online, and I was saying, hey, the stand-up's going to be close, but Antonina's a 
fish on the ground. I did not say that on the show. I did not say ah, the fish you on the show. I, no, I retweeted it. That's why I need it. to be following you on Twitter. Absolutely. Asshole tonight. So, <laughs> and it just came out to be true, but man, it was such an interesting dynamic there. Uh, so I've talked shit we're getting hyped on here. Twitch. I've talked shit a little bit on the Twitch about I'm like, what? I haven't got my shot. Everyone's like, E knows the shit. You gotta follow Lappy. <laughs> you gotta follow Lesbo and the Bean. You gotta follow E. E knows the shit. Blah blah blah. But I realized if I don't have even if my picks are different sometimes, if I don't have this conversation to bounce it off of, 88% of the time, they're in the shitter. Like, I need the conversation there. I need to break to it down, the sure. We can talk through it. And definitely, I love when people comment and ask, like, hey, why am I going with this? Because sometimes I can change my mind before weigh-ins. I can change my mind before fight big championships, before the fight starts, as long as I put it out there that I change my mind. So... Definitely love what you're saying. I got Burns' decision. I had a submission, but I agree. I'm giving that savviness. We like to tell you guys to stay away from these first ones on DraftKings because there's so many variables. And here, for Burns at 8900 it's going to be a steep price against Devin Dunham's 7300 He's going to end up being minus 225 for Burns. Ugh. Out of the two, I'm going to put 10% of Burns Dunham nowhere, but I'm not going to go heavy with Burns. I think people are going to... Be very upset once they get a like 60 to 70 points. Of course, there's always that flash knockout, but that's more of the changing of the guard than the necessary skill set. And this is the time we have so many gamblers that have no other sports going on right now, and their options are I either watch NASCAR or UFC. I guess I'll gamble on UFC or go to UFC DraftKings. Um, Evan Dunham may not be the play, uh, or he might be a DraftKings play. He might have enough point. Herbert, I do not see... I, maybe one card. We tell maybe. you guys to stay away. Stay away. We, I right? Think stay away. <laughs> right? This is going to be a stay away. I'm a degenerate. I'll play a little bit of that. Burn side Did only. Did it work out for Dunham. you? Did it what? Did it work out for you last week? And that would be another thing on our Twitch I channel. I did have... For Lat B, there would be one that would be like, whoa, 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 wake Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like, I you did made have money. It would Gutierrez. cost like $25,000. I had Gutierrez out of both fighters on that. On my DraftKings cards out of out of any of them. So it did work out for me. Because I cashed. I have not even looked at my DraftKings since. Ooh. I don't even know. There could be. Ooh. 8 out of 11 is still a great night. Still definitely a great it's night. Fun. Being a lot of professional betters out there. I did put Burns on something. Good for Burns. you. Good for you. But moving on to 185 pound, 100 and, or 205 pounds. We got Devin Bear Clark, big brown bear. Clark coming in against Alonzo Menafield. This is put together about three weeks ago. Both of these guys have been on the up and down. I guess that's more Devin Clark than Menafield being a humongous favorite in here. Devin Clark last beating Daquan Townsend three months ago in a decision, losing the span. Stochich, you know how we feel about Brown Bear around here. His corner is probably his best part of his game plan. He comes in with those wrestling credentials and tree trunk legs, but he's really there to give you a decision or be finished. He's got them thighs for my eyes. Absolutely. I think Devin Clark should do a knockoff video on either like Lizzo or Cardi B. And it just be his ass and thighs <laughs> up close and then it backs off and it's like built off Devin Clark. <laughs> <laughs> do you... 
Does he have a Twitch page? Can we pay him to get a, get one of those like private videos or something? Uh, what are those things called where you pay money to celebrities? That's what I'm saying. Give me one of those. Not TikToks. <laughs> Even then, cameos. I'll donate. I'll donate to a TikTok. We can figure this out, Devin Clark. Hit me up. Adds all tonight. <laughs> so, Brown Butter Clark likes to go to decisions. He really likes to grind up against the cage. On the outside, he's not that good striking. He throws in some leg kicks every once in a while, but his gas tank really only goes into the middle of the second round. If that, it's really after the first. It's kind of him holding on to a lot of positions. And here in Menafield, he's been nothing but a finisher on the Contender Series. Uh, he got a finish, but... Don't get it fucking twisted. Vinicio Marrera has been one of the best cash cows I've bet against all year. I've been telling you guys, he is not UFC caliber. So that was a softball. Paul Craig, little more credentialed, even though a lot of us in the know were like, his striking isn't all that good, especially if he can't get you down. Um, but Paul Craig is still a high-level competition. Devin Clark by far has the higher level in there, but... When he takes a bigger step up in competition, he just can't. Against Townsend, he was a huge favorite to finish that inside. I don't know how he was supposed to do it because he rarely gets knockouts. He's really a decision fighter. But I feel like he can really muck this fight up, turn it into a grind fest, push him up against the 25-foot cage. Because boring Don't think they rechanged the cage. They yeah. just wiped it down. It's the same fucking cage at yeah. the Apex Center. So a variable that we talked about on the last show that I feel like played yeah. out in finishes. With that, though, it's it sure did, but you know what? It was one of the first things you ever told me about UFC. We talk about different stuff when you were first telling me, and you always preferred the smaller cage. You always Funner. had more action, more action, more action. And I like it, too. Yeah. Same right. Exactly. But in here, there is a double-edged sword, because if you can push someone in the cage before you get all that action going on, you can really just turn it into a grinding affair. And I feel like Devin Clark's going to be able to do that He's going to give up probably two to three rounds in doing that, but he's going to be holding on for his life and muffling a lot of what Menafield wants to do in there. Give me the humongous favorite. I feel like it's a little overblown here. I got a decision. Give me Menfield. I do think he can be viable at DraftKings because I see him turning Clark into a punching bag where Clark will, won't go down, but he'll just keep eating leg kicks, body yeah. kicks. And just, you know, wait till the three rounds. Hold on to him. Just hold on to him. Make it all an inside clinch game. But still, Alonzo will be points, 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 points. Right, will still be. So, I, he is viable, but he's a little expensive for a decision fight. I love that pick. I actually, um, hearing you talk through it, uh, Devin Clark is definitely one of those people. Like, we could have a list of fighters who make you look bad. Absolutely. <laughs> You're so right. Yeah. Uh, and you know... Because he just holds on. The, um, I almost think that could be called worse dance partner. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like if we one. were to have a uh, like something for the end of the year, who's been the worst dance partner of the year, where you can see somebody else is trying to get something going, but, you know, like, w whether it's Holly Holmes running or Devin Clark's holding on, or we talk about ladies on We got fights Esparza. on later on yeah, like exactly. People, some people just stifle you and make you look bad. Devin Clark's definitely one of those people that can eke out the decision. But if you look at his track record, it is downtime. And Minifield's kind of a guy on the way up. Um, he's kind of at his peak right now. It's weird that he's older than Devin Clark because right? Devin Clark's older to us in UFC years. Um, so give me Minifield decision more because every fight is a fade for me on Clark. He was one of those guys <laughs> I never thought was UFC caliber, and he actually has gotten better and made me eat my words. Um, but Give me Menafield. I'm going to stay away from this fight, too. I actually see low scoring. 
Uh, that's the way I kind of talk myself through it. I just can't bet on a guy that gets rear naked choke without the hooks in. That's just so I just think there's crazy. something about, to me, if I am looking, me personally, from my, behind my eyeballs, I'm looking across at Alonzo Minningfield, terrifying. Me behind my eyeballs, looking across at Devin Clark, terrifying. They got to be terrifying to each other. Sure. <laughs> so I feel like somewhere in there, there's a stagnation in the fight. So, so 9,000 even for Menafield against Devin Clark, 7,200 for the underdog. Menfield minus 220 plus 180. I like what you're saying. I'm going to have, again, that 10% exposure that I'm saying against Burns. And it's only going to be Menfield's way. Devin Clark is a DK kryptonite. He does not like <laughs> DraftKings points. Yeah, so that is so true. Definitely not someone I'm going to be looking to play out of the two fighters. Do you think T. Woods could be uh, Devin Clark? Talk about the most foreign born fight you've ever seen in your life. And yee, 205, though. That's not even I know, 85. That's, I'm even asking at 205. You think T. Woods right now walk up, but Devin Clark beat him. You think T. Woods could beat Alonzo Menningfield? No. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Styles make fights. At 125 pounds, we have a profile fight here with Juicier Formiga coming in against Alex Perez at 100 and. 25 I'm already going to call it right now. Even the way I feel about the first two fights and even looking at this one, I'm saying it now. I think tonight may be a night of underdogs. I think a lot of underdogs are going to come off tonight. I think it's parlay night 250. I don't know who. I don't know what. I don't have the magic formula for you. Maybe I will after weigh-ins. But I really do. Uh, even this fight. I saw Perez and how hot he is. And I'm like, y'all are overlooking my boy A. Sorry, go on. Agreed. He's someone we've been able to cash on a few times here, coming in as a big underdog against the Figueredo in there, beating Sergio Pettis as well, and Ben Nguyen. Formiga has good takedowns. I love Formiga. Ironclad gas tank. Solid head movement. His striking is more a means to an end, not as in he's trying to finish you. It's more just he strikes long enough to try to get a takedown. When he does get stood up and extended in striking bouts, that's when he tends to start to lose these fights. And at 35 years old, at 125 pounds, he's ancient. He's fucking ancient. I, like, there's just not too, too many guys that go super long at the lower weights. He last got beat by Brandon Moreno and Joseph Benavides, which isn't the worst in there. Those are definitely high caliber guys. But those wins against Figueredo, the uncrowned king right now, champion, against Benavidez, it's like, that's a huge win. Formiga, again, we know what we're getting. He needs to get it to the ground. Once he's on the ground, he does have an advantage, even over Alex Perez, who tends to be the American-trained wrestler. State credentials in there in wrestling, never a college wrestler, I believe. He went right into that MMA. He's coming off of a two-fight winning streak to De La Rosa and Jordan Esperunoza via triangle. Don't get it twisted. Those guys <clears throat> are not on that Formiga level. Mm -hmm. Joseph Benavides is the closest level competition. And here at Lat B, we cashed on Joseph B against Perez. Joey BB. It was that headbutt, though. <laughs> when you go back and look at that fight, Joey B headbutted the fuck out of him in that fight. But either way, Perez has gotten back on track since then, gotten it together, and really rounded out his game well. This fight for me, I love to bet on Formiga, but it's specifically in fights where it gets to the ground. I feel like... Perez is a wrestler, striker. 
not too much of a kickboxer, more of a kickboxing stance. Got a good left hook in there. Uh, not tons of power, but he can keep a great gas tank as well. But he, I just like the way he stuffs takedowns. And against Formiga, that's something you absolutely need. If it gets to the ground, I feel like Perez will be able to hold Formiga off, but he might lose the rest of that round. Yeah. I don't necessarily see a submission coming out of it. So I'm going to squeak out Perez in a decision here, but I think this one's close. This is, for me, a profile. This is a fun fight. I totally agree. I'm really excited to see this Do one. you think it's, um, we didn't talk about the judges, and we haven't real, uh, I didn't notice we had so many finishes, we couldn't really rate how the Apex Sakai Ivanov was the one that people were upset about, because of, but it was more the fence grab. Yeah, that's bullshit, but if it's not called by the ref, you can't expect your judges to count Truth, it. true, true. Um, but it was a 30-27, 29-28, 30-27 off. No, 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 30-27 even off, 29-28, two judges, uh, Sakai. So that's pretty, one judge saw the fight fucking bass backwards. Really different, yeah. Huh. Uh, I, I want to give Juicy, I think Perez is actually going to have more hands, I think more strikes laid, maybe even more significant strikes. Juicy isn't bad, I just think he relies on his um, punches into takedowns a little more, mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Um I'm hoping Alex Perez is just on the upswing here, and this is going to be one of those fights that be like, well, it was Juicy A for Amigo, and he was really still Juicy A for Amigo mm -hmm. for what it was all it was worth. We watch these Brazilian guys still uh, hold it together as far as their age, that we watch them get this like second wind at 35 until they're like 38. Um, I like Alex Perez. I'm going to go with... Um, I like Alex Perez's entire game plan. I like him for the division. I even think he could potentially be a future champion. Um, I'm just going to give it to Formiga here. Uh, it's weird because I know he's the favorite. It seems like a lot of people on um, Tabology have Juicy A as well. But I think um, Formiga might be my underdog of the night right now. Nice. Uh, Plus 115 yeah, right now. I like Formiga decision. I like him eking it out just by constant takedowns where even if Alex Perez is even doing more damage off his back or doing submissions, but uh, it's going to just be one of those juicy A point fights. He could get knocked out too. A new category that I was even thinking too we could have was uh, who has the worst glass jaw, and it's by far juicy A here. Who can't take a shot? It's by far juicy A. Oh, I don't know. I feel like he's, he's still pretty, he's got a pretty good chin but, on him. Yeah, just with the amount of talent that he's gone against, it is leaps and bounds of different levels to this game, and he's yes. closer to the tip of the pyramid. He's been there a few times. He has been there a so few I'm times. I'm going to go with four Amiga decision, and I just think this makes Alex Perez so, better. This seems like a dirty split, if I've I ever heard one. I 100% agree with you. If I've ever heard one. Dirty split. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 8300 for the minus 145 favorite Alex Perez against Formiga's 7900 Minus plus 115. On DraftKings, do you think you're going to have much exposure here? We both have a decision. Those don't tend to score well unless a guy finishes, especially in that mid-range. But sometimes the smaller the fighters, the more, the more punches they lay, and mm -hmm. the more the easier they consider something significant. I just have this mm -hmm. whole theory. Oh, it's okay. like the same for women. Like, for some reason, they'll all of a sudden give women, like, you're like, really, did Jessica I really lay that many significant strikes? It always goes back to Jessica I, no matter how hard I try. <laughs> She's coming I. up next weekend. I know, that's probably why it's Alpha's that. number one girl, gonna be headlining a pay-per-view. That's Alpha's real number one girl, or are you being shitty? <laughs> <laughs> he knows, he, he knows. knows. He got that evil eye. Exactly, I've seen that evil eye on a podcast once. 
Um, <laughs> if we're going to, speaking of alpha and just the Twitch community, holy shit, it's pretty nice. Like, what nice people. Definitely great people everywhere. Being in the conspiracy world for as long as I have been, in the trudgery of the slime balls and the sewer that you have to climb through, and the amount of people that are like, whatever conspiracy shill they want to call you, like, lizard person! Or thing, it's so nice and refreshing in the gamer community and the amount of different games and people that you can go and support. And if you don't like them, you can leave. I love Twitch. I can't say it enough. You have definitely not, been on it. Uh, well, I like it too because I can put on one of my wife's shows, like her Real Housewives or her shit, and I can share time with her. She's doing something else, maybe on her iPad or doing something artsy. And then I can have an earphone in and still be next to her, but be on Twitch. And I have realized that every once in a while, I was on somebody else's stream. Um, the president, I don't know his numbers after his name, but I was watching him do Apex and I could hear the alpha in that dude's stream's background. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like he was an alpha Wow. Stream. But I was in, you know, in the group before alpha came on and then he was talking like, oh, alpha, I'm going to go in this group right now. And he's newer to Apex and you said you were going to learn Apex? Yeah, I'm garbage at it still. Uh, I am so, so I just try to make it through the training. Oh, I good. find myself getting bored before I even... I can't figure out, it took me, I figured out how to slide. Like, oh, okay. I have two experts showing me, uh, eight and a 10 year old. They have been showing oh, me how to play. So they don't know all the buttons yet either. So we're all learning together. <laughs> the other funny thing, I was like, like even in the training, where's the other weapons? I have to find another weapon. I looked all over this board like, for <laughs> an hour on the most boring board that I'm like, I feel like I'm on fallout. And they were right behind the wall, like right sure. behind the original. But I just don't know if I'm good under pressure like that of getting chased. The more you play, we can we we can even practice together. We'll get and on some you teams said out your, there. Um, brother and his wife do Call of Duty. Correct. Is it all kind of the same shtick? Uh, yeah, it's just different weapons and you different dimensions. It it's a, a different, different dimension. That's a great but it's the way same to put thing. It. Yeah, because I think I watched somebody do like Call of Duty last night and it was totally germany like germany oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 42 and yeah. it was like what, what? and there was like german voices and they were dropping <laughs> on parachutes and there was one sure. like this is the sh silly shit i'm impressed with i'm like wow you're really good with that parachute <laughs> <laughs> like you just free fall and then just slowly drop on a building yep anyways speaking of we can move on Definitely to another fun one we have at 185 pounds. We have Charles Bird coming in against Maki Patolo. Patolo coming in with a 12 and 5 record, almost 500. Interesting. I didn't think he should have got that. Or maybe I'm wrong. I'm getting co confused with a different uh, Hawaiian fighter in there. But Patolo, I thought was, I think his agent is. Ali Abdelaziz. Oh, my favorite. But my he's boyfriend. coming off of the Contender Series with a KO. Last losing to Callan Potter, who was known as a journeyman, who's a 38 debuter, 38-year-old debuter. Maybe I'm off on the years a little bit there. But either way, Callan Potter just showing his toughness and showing that the grind can beat this power puncher. Patolo has a good amount of submissions in there. But he tends to get him off of his strikes. He really hurts you first, and then he'll jump on a guillotine or an arm triangle or something. He doesn't necessarily set up his submissions. 
technically on the ground. He's not somebody who works from the bottom, gets to the side. He's just like, oh, I hurt you. And while you're stunned, jumps on it. Viable way to get it. Yeah. But it is a little misleading as far as his jiu-jitsu credentials. It, he can get stuck on the bottom, as Colin Potter showed, mm -hmm. and not get up. And that's, you know, that really changes the game when you're thinking about betting someone. But that raw power is there for Batillo. He throws that right hand hard to the body and head, mixes it up well, and has caught many of fighters. But the regional scene in the contender series is a lot harder once you start meeting your Callan Potters. Once you start meeting all these high-level UFC fighters, you know, it's a big step up to 29-year-old. <laughs> Can I also say about Maki Patolo sure. real quick for the uh, YouTube audience, the topology? Um, and I think this is going to be our first time on YouTube in a while. For some reason, I feel like it I'm hasn't been loading on there. We apologize. Um, kinda, but you could also follow us on all the audio formats. <laughs> Wherever. If you really miss the show, but I do feel like um, I might have missed last show being and all the time in between all those baby shows. I don't know if those were on, so this could be our first time back in a while. So anyway, Patolo, uh, that hat he's wearing right there. That is the Air Jordan knockoff, and they put a staff in its hand and a shield. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. they were like, look at it. We'll make it a Hawaiian warrior. Yeah. And anyways, I just wanted to point that out. That is awesome. Definitely high-level breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> so against Bird right now, coming off a two-fight losing streak to Cheney's boyfriend, Edmund Shabazian, a year or two months ago. Prior to that, losing to Darren Stewart. right now. There's a good reason for that. Good reason for that, and it's not the fight style. So Charles Burr. Uh, I think it's. So, I think he's so well rounded. No, I totally am being a jackass. He's a great fighter. I think fighter. his boxing so crisp, and the thing that's super dangerous, how long he is. Yeah, he's my new. Yeah. Um, it's nice getting on with a young kid. Like yeah, seeing him grow. It's been a long time. Yeah, I've you know watched Max Holloway for so long, Tony, all this. Anyway, sure. Bird, bird. bird. So Bird coming off a two fight losing streak to some better level guys in there. Before that, he's on a ten and six record, but beating John Phillips isn't that crazy. Getting a lot of these submissions in there, triangle choke. He's in the same boat as Patillo, where he'll get these submissions off of hurting guys with strikes, but. As you were saying, who has more of a glass jaw? Bird is in that. Yeah. He's in that train. He does have a little bit of a glass jaw. But he has a beautiful straight left hand. He moves forward in well. The thing that sucks with Bird is that he will be winning entire his whole career. He'll be 10-80 guys and get caught with one left hand and be on wobbly legs and get finished. His chin is just very suspect. And his cardio going into that third round can really uh, be an issue. But Patolo's in that same boat. I think Patolo actually has the worst gas tank out of both of these fighters. Yeah. So this is one that I'm, I think I got to have exposure to both guys. 36 years old isn't pushing me off a of bird too much at this age. He has looked good even though he's lost his last two. I feel like he gets back on track and beats Mackie. Round number two TKO, but I'm tentative. I think I'm going to actually have uh, Mackie on a few of those DraftKings cards. I don't think this one goes the distance if I'm making a bet. See, I either have Mackie for a round two KO or Bird by decision, and I can't decide between the two. I definitely don't like Bird's age in there. Um, I do like that uh, Mackie's fighting up for the first time uh, at 185, and that um, great call. 
is making me think that his chinny I'm not going to have to worry about, which makes me lean toward the KO. I think it's hard for Bird to make this, but we also see that thing where the guy just goes in there and they're a far bigger guy. Like the other guy does not have muscle built up for it yet. And I think Patolo, like, is this a super short notice fight? I mean, a short notice for everyone. Yeah, essentially two to three weeks. Yeah, and, and um, gosh, Charles Bird, I think both guys, I mean, here's things... Obviously, everybody needs the money right now. Um, Patolo's the younger guy. I'm going to go with Patolo. I'm going to go with the Patolo knockout over the bird decision. Um, I like a guy that just gets to keep his weight on a little better and take the white fight at a higher weight class over the guy on short notice. That's like, I'm going to get into a full camp. I'm going to get down to fight weight. I'm going to cut 22 pounds in the last week and see. I, uh, but you know what I think? Stay away. Stay away from this fight. I don't put it anywhere. I think that you're definitely... Oh, nope. Uh, yeah, I want to play this one. Guys. I, wanna, I think I'm going to play up. I like the next, maybe the next fight going forward. I'm going to end up on DraftKings. You got Bird as 8,800 against Mackie Patolo 7,400. We got Mackie being the plus 150 underdog. I feel like it's dog or pass in this situation. For 8-8, yeah. yeah. Bird is too untrustworthy. It's kind of Mackie or nothing. I'm going to have 10% Bird, 20% Patolo. But oh, that's that's a hard one to call out yeah. of the night. Definitely a hard Gosh, one. Gosh, another underdog. Another Ooh. underdog thought that it's too like the numbers are too far spread. That uh, one's like pretty another... close on the lines. But yeah, yeah, I do agree that it should be even closer than the lines indicate yeah. right now. It's definitely a toss-up. Then we move on. To 145 pounds, where we have Cody Stamen coming wow. in against Brian Kelleher. If you want to say short notice, I think this one's about 14 days out. Kelleher getting a huge win. How long ago? Two weeks, six days ago? 21 days ago? What, uh, yeah, and did, did Cody Stamen have a different fight booked? What's the story on Stamen? We know where Kelleher was at three weeks ago. What's Cody Stamen? Stamen got that majority draw. Decision against Song Yadong with that illegal strike, but uh, I don't think he's had anything on the books. I feel like he's just been getting ready. I do follow him on that Insta. He's one of those guys that posts a bunch of training footage. Looks like he's in shape. He tends to be a decision fighter at 18 and 2. Doesn't have tons of finishes in there. Uh, kind of a split decision king in there. He usually ends up on the better side of it, and that's just because of his volume. Tends to be a little bit more. His output tends to push a little bit higher. Kelleher is a perennial underdog who always is cashing big against Ob Osborne, cashed huge. Against Azur, cashed big. We bet him against Barrow as well. We bet him on other spots. Kelleher is one of those guys who will always fight for your money. But there is spots in there where I feel like he is a momentum player. He's one of those guys that in the Lineker fight, in the Jackson fight... The reason that they were finishes for him was the same reason that he got wins. He went with the momentum. If he's winning, he starts to turn it up, get going, and he starts throwing shots that he wouldn't normally throw when he's all of a sudden on the back foot. Against Lineker, he Would didn't get that loose. he's kind of like a um, basketball player that made his last three shots? 
Absolutely. He, when he's on fire, he's definitely on fire. But if he's in a slump, I mean, it dramatically... That was some pre-show. That would be our... If we ever, ever, ever did a Patreon, that would be the shit. Is with that pre-recording when the camera starts and the bullshit we talk about before it goes up. <laughs> that off. might not be a lot on Patreon. That gets deep. Some of it, it would be like... <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get killed by Hillary Clinton, or at least me I should just say me I don't so, want to get killed but he's a good patriot <laughs> he's a good patriot man so I do not want to suicide myself I've said some shit so, if those pre-videos got released so with Keller here here um great boxing been throwing that calf kick really well has a great left hook and a left hand in general Switches stance well in a good gas tank. That guillotine has also been money for him his entire career. Against Damon, the D1 wrestler here, the cardio is going to be something that's, that is going to get played into the third round. I think they both show well. I don't know whether this narrative of how recently Kelleher fights again uh, changes how I view the pick. I didn't feel like it was, but the more the my pick is coming about... Kelleher didn't walk away unscathed. He did eat shots in there. He didn't get rocked. He didn't get hurt. But he did have a fight with somebody who was in his face for a matter of time. Um, That's a pool hall on a Friday night for Brian Keller. Definitely. Do you think he healed from a minor concussion? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't think he necessarily got one. But I don't know. This short notice turnaround. Do you think Brian Kelleher has been walking around with mild concussion since 85? <laughs> no, I don't. Well, since 85, probably. <laughs> You're right on that one. But uh, Boom Kelleher here, I think, is gonna makes it a dirtier fight. And a lot of these fights have been a lot closer than the odds indicate. I feel like this one as well is completely wrong. Stamen shouldn't be this big of a favorite. But I do see him being able to keep it up. Got to worry about that calf kick from Kelleher here. But I feel like Stamen has been able to adjust to that in previous fights. And uh, use solid boxing to keep it there. I'm leaning slightly Stamen. I got to see weigh-ins. To make my final pick. But that's a minus 250. Most people are all in on a minus 250. I'm not. I think this is really close. I think you got to look at Kelleher odds value alone here. He's a live dog. He, they, these odds are wrong. And I feel like that's a common thread so far tonight. And then another common thread so far tonight. Should be no surprise that I'm going with Brian Kelleher. <laughs> I think um, he has great takedown defense. He makes it dirty when it gets there. His scrambles are so ugly. He is one of those guys that has a killer chin. He um, His uh, stand-up defense is actually the top of his head. He'll just put his top of his head down and eat a couple shots on it and uh, keep going forward. Um, I think he has... Uh, the better hands here. I think he has the better leg kicks. I think by far Stamen's wrestling's awesome. I think it's awesome at 135. Watching Stamen come up to 145 to await a scrappy guy like Brian Kelleher, I don't mind him keep coming down and doing all crazy shit. He seems like one of those guys that would take a fight every three weeks at the UFC. Let him. Um, I think Cody Stamen, on the other hand, is very thought out, very planned. He's a guy that sees um, a title in his future. And I think all that pressure Brian Kelleher doesn't have. He wants to go out there, put on a show, and I think it's boom all day. I think boom Kelleher by the sneaky decision win. Um, uh, I think he could hurt him and pepper him KO. Uh, I do worry about Brian Kelleher's cardio a little more than I worry about, about Brian Stamen's, but Brian Kelleher has that. He's not going to lose that 
uh, rhythm that you normally lose by the excitement of like UFC Octagon. Not that Cody Stamen has it, but you know, it's been five months. It was sketchy his last fight. And um, give me another weird underdog. Boom, boom, boom. Brian Keller. Definitely. Try to make your money over there. Betting all these plus monies. <laughs> I love them. I love a plus money bet. These are close. You are not out of line on any of these underdogs. Oh, Stamen for, at 145 for the first time? That's not sketchy to you in any way, shape, or form? Uh, he's a little short, and Keller's a little tall. And you rely on leverage for wrestling, and th that sometimes the size and weight, that little bit of size and weight, that's why they have weight classes so strict in wrestling. Because it's everything. So a guy with the takedown defense of Brian yeah. Kelleher, is he as good of a wrestler? Is it, no. Is it they're both five foot six? I feel like Stamen, I keep saying he's shorter because he's the more muscle-bound fighter out of the two. Mm -hmm. So is he Dorhino Burns in it and going to be like, whoa, my gas tank's even better where he's known yeah, to have be. good cardio. Totally. Like with every argument I just made with T. Woods. Sure. Cody Stamen comes up and slays, slays, slays. Because we know he has the wrestling and he's young enough to... Um, Solid boxing. Use, yeah, to build up the boxing. I, I love fucking Brian Kelleher. I agree. I he's, a a good him. he's a good um, underdog to pick. He's a good underdog to pick. He's one of my favorite. I feel like he's definitely up there in my top five underdogs that I made the most money on. I Totally. Totally, totally. He's and someone it's can... so easy for me to punch my leg and feel strong about this because this ain't in my bike championship. <laughs> <laughs> so do with that what you will. To this day, I will pick will. this one. To this day. <laughs> as long as I don't that FPC. <laughs> then we go on uh, to one of uh, the most profile fights of the night. Here at Lappy, we got two heart drops coming in. Ian Heinish coming in against Meatballs, Gerald Mearshart. They want, I want to get Death Comedy Jam. <laughs> You're going to death drop on me? You're going <laughs> to death drop on me? <laughs> death Comedy Jam, I had to get out of my seat because these are two of my least favorite fighters where they've gotten weird splits, weird last fucking finishes. Where Agreed. I feel like we've seen, have we seen Meatball fight in person? GM3? No, we haven't, I don't think. We've seen a couple of these guys, but not, not, no, me? Not against Giants? I know Heinich for sure. Ooh. No. Maybe let I me do some I just got Heinrich mixed research. up with Steamroll for Vola. Oh, we've definitely seen yeah. for Vola in here. I just was racist. I have a garbage record. I'm five and five with Mirshart is what I'm seeing here. I don't think we have seen him in person, but regardless, Mirshart's one of these guys we have seen a lot of in the UFC. Multiple fights over ten now. GM three thirty one and twelve. Coming off of a win against Darian win, one where Cheney was all over that Mearshart, getting all sorts of cash in. Definitely losing a split decision to Anders, beating Trevin Giles, losing a Kevin Holland in the split. Mearshart is in a ton of these splits. He, we like to say, he's in a dirty split for a reason. Yeah. So he will give up takedowns because he doesn't mind being on his back he likes to work will throw up a lot of guillotines triangles chain wrestle but at times he's been proven to be stuffed in some of those uh transitions and he's given away fights by being on the bottom or just not having the cleanest of striking out of the output here ian heinish has been one of these guys where i've personally been on very high it hasn't worked out for me lately uh but he definitely catch against junior dos santo or Junior and Ferreira in there. Carlos Cara de Zapato. Heinish comes in with high-level wrestling, being a state champion wrestler, having a great gas tank. His ch He relies on his chin a little more than I like to think 
the more and more I go back on tape, the more I watch it every time again. When it's early in their career and I watch the tape, I'm like, oh, he's good. He can take that. He hasn't been in those. Now he's been in those. Now yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, you're taking a lot of damage. And it, that doesn't get any better, regardless of the fighter. So Heinish, both of these guys are kind of in that in that boat. They both uh, eat a yeah. lot of shots. They both eat a lot of shots. But out of both fighters, Heinish shoots the takedowns and Mershartz gives them up and plays off of his back more. Heinish has a lot of ground and pound output here, which I feel like will add up in this fight potentially. Uh, but at any given time, Mirshart is live for a submission here. Mirshart is sneaky and he has a good sneaky gas tank as well. It's why you like to play him, I feel like, a lot of the time. As we were saying earlier, somebody who's going to what? Make that fight? What were we calling him? Uh, he is a fight stifler. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> in there. He's one of those that'll make it into a grinding, dirty split. Give me Heinish in the dirtiest of splits. Mearshart's going to make it dirty. Uh, I got a slight favorite here. They both make it dirty. Um, Ian Harnich is one of those guys that has a killer ground game unless somebody can stuff one of his takedowns, which is weirdly enough. Mearshart as shitty as his takedown defense. I agree. He doesn't mind fighting off his back as well. But even if you look, if, if somebody has any wrestling credentials at all, then it tends to stay on the feet. And Ian Heinich usually um, loses that fight. Uh, everyone would be like, oh, shoe face, shoe face. I think that's his best win, yep. Ian Heinish. Um, I always been one of those guys that's like shoe face only uh, wins in Brazil. Uh, we kind of saw him on the downturn of his career until he only started fighting in Brazil. And um, I think Ian Heinich capitalized once he realized like, oh, he tries for these submissions after it's here. Okay. Uh, Mirshar, Ian Heinich is like a guy that's, putting these skills together and it's almost like you could figure out his game plan. Whereas Gerald Marichart is like, what's he going to do? What's he going to come out there and do? Is he going to play possum for the whole first round? So you burn yourself out and punch him while he like blocks. And we all think the fight's over. And then when you go on your first takedown in the second round, he snatches up your neck. Like he's one of these guys that always, I feel like as much as I pick him and I, I can't pull up my percentages on here. Maybe I could on here. Um, I don't want to on here. It's too neat looking. Uh, it's all clean. Uh, I feel like um, he fucks me. He fucks me. It's like the times that you shouldn't be able to win this fight. You He ends up knocking someone out or catching a weird, like, overhand right sloppy as hell, like Derek Lewis, like just sloppy windmill punch and then catching somebody on the chin and uh, then snatching up their neck. Um, Heinich, to me, seems like tried and true here and he should have all the tools to be able to get a submission i think this is going to be a weird night i think there's going to be a lot of underdogs heinish has even fought good enough competition to me that it shouldn't even be carlos your brain should tell you he's the better version of gerald marichard both fighters both junior and, well, he's, it's different. He's better in this kind of Tony Ferguson unorthodox way. Yeah. Where he gets everything, it's not traditional. Where Mir or Heinish has been able to defend the traditional stuff. Now we're going to see him against the wild card in here. In Mearshart. And it's why he's viable with your money. It's a close fight. <sighs> I love what you're fight. saying in here. I we're thinking dirty split. So I like the Brunson pick because that wrestling, I think the Derek Brunson's wrestling is far better than Mearshart. Yep. And so that makes me think Ian Heinich can keep it away from that if he needs to. 
um, the, the cardio is okay, but if you, like you're saying, I think it's that sneaky cardio that sneaks Mearshart out of fucking late submission. I think uh, Ian Heinrich isn't a knockout artist, and if you're not a knockout artist against a guy like Gerald Mearshart, mm -hmm. you are going to get caught. He's like the Paul Craig of the 185. Um, you agree? So, <laughs> Isn't Paul Craig in 185? I thought it was a 205 <laughs> You're right, you're Maybe right. Maybe not. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to go with Gerald Marichard again. I love Ian Heinrich here. I think this is low scoring. Anyway, you cut it, and I would stay far away from it. Again. What's your pick again there? I'm going to go with Gerald Marichard, and I think I'm going to go with... Um, I like the round three sub. I think Ian Heinrich is smart enough to battle the hands and keep his head together in the fight. Um, and gosh, I see more strikes landed by Ian. I see him being on top more than Gerald. I'm changing it. Heinrich's decision, but I'm staying away from this fight. So on DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 8400 for Heinrich, the minus 130 favorite against Gerald Mearshart, 7800 plus 100 even money on Mearshart. I don't think you're crazy by going with Mearshart there. On no, I'm average, changing it to Heinich. You're decision. changing it to Heinich. But I think he's tried and true everywhere. You need that good wrestling. He's smart enough, calm and cool in the ring. He's I agree. one of the guys that, like, he's not uh, flashy. No one knows his name. Um, he and, moves forward. Yeah, he's just under the radar, just moving through with, like, having all the basics covered really well. Right, right. Other than, I would say, arguably, some of that strike defense, but you don't have to worry about it with Mearshart. He's not a knockout artist, per se. But on draft. Kings, the interesting part of this fight is, on average, Mearshart averages 73 points to Heinish's 53. Huh. So, on average, Heinish's, or I mean Mearshart, is the better play here. I'm going to have I a little bit of... Kind of my boy. I feel like I always play Mearshart. I'm going to play Mearshart out of two, but I'm going to, as you're saying, I'm going to stay away from Heinish because at 8-4, I think he's going to get the win, but he's going to score in that 30 points to 40 points and then get 30 points for the win. That means he's clearing 70 points. That's not worth eight. But Mearshart can get in that 60 points for seven, eight. I think 10% I'm putting Mearshart in there. Because it's submission attempt reversal. Submission attempt reversal. Right, ground um, stuff. Yeah, maybe once in a while. When he does land, it usually is a significant strike because it is a big winging overhand of some sort. Um, who has the better leg kicks here? Either? Do we even think that with either of these guys? I don't think it with either of these guys. May, yeah, I'm not going to say either guy stuck out Gosh, to me. Gosh, I'm changing it back to Mearshart. But I don't see Mearshart by decision. I never, <sighs> I can't even fathom Mearshart He wins Mearshart dirty splits decision. all the time or I'm, loses them. I'm, I'm picking Mearshart decision. So, a quick one. We did jump the shark a little bit here with Cody Stamen against Kelleher in DraftKings. Stamen being 9,100 as the big... Minus two fifty favorite against Kelleher seven thousand one hundred on DraftKings. Do you think you're going to be playing what either are of those guys? Point score seventy three points for Stamen on nine thousand one hundred against seventy or sixty five for Co I think for Kelleher. My boyfriend boom all day seven one. I agree. Kelleher's the safer money there. Not well. He's going to be the more value money. He's going to have the bigger just, floor. I love all the underdogs. There's so, so many. I'm underdogs staying on the tonight. underdog train. I'm still driving. I'm on the. I'm at the boat front of the boat i got one of those little bullshit tiny windows that only the driver of the boat gets protection and everybody else is like <laughs> spit with water the whole time i so i'm smooth sailing my hat's not getting blown off my sunglasses are on tight everyone behind me is like that video of like dana and Rhonda going over the waves and they all fall off um, but i'm chilling i'm staying with my underdogs because guess what it's still not my big championship it's still not, but it's getting to that ah! point. At 145 pounds, we had the headlining preliminary bout before the pay-per-view. Gonna be 
the last one on the preliminaries. We have Chase Hooper coming in against Alex Caceres at 145 pounds. Caceres, Bruce Leroy being a longtime Kimbo Slice Who's disciple. Who's the cuter kid here? I know we like to do well, that. A lot of Caceres is a grown man. Down. But Alex Caceres is a grown-ass man at this point. But they're all kids to us. True. <laughs> true, true. Um, if we were to put him in the category, because we're the only MMA podcast breaking down looks, that's why you can get it here from Lap B. Who's cuter? Because they're kind of the same. I kind of. They're just different. They're different guys. One of them has a little melatonin more in their skin. I want to say I'm in that Caceres fan base. I think he's cuter too. Yeah, I think he's a little bit cuter. Hooper's, even though he's a fun kid with a personality, he's a little asshole-ish at times. <laughs> Caceres I mean, is all love. Why all peace and love. Why would Caceres run with like, oh, Ben Askren's my dad? <laughs> You'd be like, oh, I could see it. I could where see were it. you, Ben Askren? I mean, where were you when I was trying to learn a ground game, Ben Askren? Caceres, <laughs> so, coming off of that Backstreet Fighting Series, being an American Top Team Disciple, going over to MMA Lab for nine years. We are on theme tonight. But, because we are all full of fighters who make it boring. Yes. It's like a, every other fight fighter who makes it boring. So the 15 and 12 fighter is now at, oh, I had it earlier, where I did the research on Caceres. Roundhouse? He left. I don't even know if that's a gem. He, no, he's at MMA Fight Factory. It's something factory Pick MMA. Pick another fighter there and I'll see if I can. There is none. Oh. He is the only, the only, there's only four other pro fighters. One of them has an 0-4 record. So he's training out of a garage. In, Let's see if we can do a young Jamie I think search. it's like, it's like famous factory gym. And it's just low level competition he's working with. I love Bruce Leroy's mentality. He's kind of like, I fight for a living. I don't live the fight. He's kind of just loves to compete. We'll always kind of put up a fight in there, but gets a paycheck just because he's been in the UFC for years on yeah, years now it's it's not a gym that you know of because nobody else yeah. I think JJ Aldridge might have ties doing you're so right that is a really clever thing to say the amount if you think of veterans in the UFC who right now fighting yeah there's TJ still we just saw Dom fight there's DC we have a couple people still fighting sure but Alex is still so young. We still got another three years, maybe four years of him fighting if he wants to. And you can just think of him so far back. He's been around for... He was fighting with Kimbo Slice and Jorge Masvidal That's when he was a teen on Facebook MySpace days. I have to do that. Or, I mean, YouTube MySpace days. You know what we should do one day? I remember I've never watching seen them. any of those videos. If we did it on our Twitch channel for Lat B, which we don't have yet, but we are in the process... Um, but we do both have Twitch channels that aren't on the business that we're going to drop after this fight anyway. And sure. you, they're the same as everything else. Yeah. Night, weekend, baby. But just True. FYI, if you guys are Twitchers, uh, you know what would be really cool? For you to pull up old fights for me, uh, which, by the way, Ricky and Buddy, I watched them do kind of an old fight where they acted like the announcers. Where It was our oh, version right. of the unbiased rewatch. Okay. Um, but I think you could show me not only old fights, because there's so many that you know I don't know or never sure. seen. Sure. But those backyard Miami fights, I've never seen any oh of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> any of like, them. Is that my sister's house? What is going on? <laughs> I know, but that would be so crazy for us to do it on Twitch and for you to break them down and be <laughs> oh, able to yeah. room with me. I remember so. living in Japan watching those fights in America and being like, dude, I wish I was stateside. <laughs> 
I wish I lived in Florida. And I'm in Japan. I'm in fucking Japan trading. <laughs> Stupid ass. So, <laughs> either way, uh, Caceres in there, he's somebody who is just someone hard to get a beat on. He came in last beating Steven Peterson, putting in a great showing with a good jab, staying at distance on the ground. He's serviceable, but then he comes in and loses the Crown Ice Cream Gracie. Beats Martin Bravo, loses the Wang in a split decision, which is out of nowhere. But he can just kind of, he's on the win one, lose one. He's definitely on a lose one right now. And the amount of hype this 9-0-1 fighter of Chase Hooper right now, a lot of that's coming into the line. Because if it was actual tape-for-tape tape study, Leroy is in so many leaps and bounds higher competition than Chase Hooper's ever had at 20 years old. Can't even buy a drink. On this quarantine. Wait, yeah, even like, look at how high uh, everybody loves, uh, what's the kid, Rodriguez, the Ayer. Uh, Alex Caceres went to a decision with the Ayer and kind of made it a really crazy, interesting fight. Maybe one of the fights of the year some would have considered at the time. Um, even if you just think of that category of fighter, Alex Caceres has been in there with everyone. Absolutely. Chase Hooper is like one fight out of the Dana White's He be our one of our favorite fighters, Tay Less. Some people may not know of him. He's a Less or Tay Moore brother. Just kind of, you know, Antonina Shevchenko in that boat. I think She's I might have had a Chase Hooper in that fight. Oh, because we made, we made bet here. We told you guys. Hey, there's two of them. Yeah. And it's not the good one. So. I think that's another sign right there about the first fight of the night with Herbert. I'm just saying. I'm saying it again. I think we're... I, I know There's you're not, but I think Cement is raining slowly upon uh, being the other sibling. So what we've seen with Hooper is somebody who's very green, but still likes to be a dog in there and get it in there, get a fight going, even though he looks gangly and not necessarily like a fighter uh, with his afro. Oh, I hope he didn't cut his hair. Because if it is the Battle of the Afros... That's what I'm saying. Oh, They're the same. So dope. I know this picture doesn't show it, but, but they literally look like the same dude. Just a little ones that like, um, used a different Crayola. 6-1, though, for Hooper. He tends to be the taller guy, especially against Caceres. But Caceres has been against everybody in I there. I also think Chase Hooper is one of those kids, because he is so young, that he's taller with a longer reach than this says. Right, they under they yeah. undered it for sure. But he is gonna have a reach advantage here. His striking though isn't as clean as Leroy's. Leroy will be able, even if he's shorter, to pick it out there. What I've seen with Hooper, even when he gets his wins, even though it was a finish against Tamor, it was set up after Tamor almost got him with that guillotine. Remember him kicking uh -huh. off of that fence? Yeah. We almost thought Taylor's get a win in there via submission. Throwing that fucking out there. Yeah. Caceres is a real black belt. Way longer. So this is definitely a fight that I had Hooper coming into this, going submission round number three. But I'm like, I have seen Hooper go into the third round and not look good. And he's eked out the decisions he's gone to. But it's really, he's got to finish you with that submission. Caceres, though, against Kron Gracie, I picked him thinking he was going to be able to fight soft those submissions. And that didn't go well for me. So... Caceres is just, he's the more variable out of both of the fighters, but I can't put that much money on Hooper. I switched back. Give me Alex Caceres. Dirty, split decision. My first underdog of the night. Plus 115. The line's right. This is a close fight. It's the hype that's giving the money line. It's going to be coin flip, which oh, it pretty much is. I know. You know what's so weird? It was like, oh, Alex Caceres... I just don't see it. Alex Caceres is one of those people that I see like Shevchenko's sister, kind of a cold, wet fish on the ground. 
Nah, he is like right. awful every time. No offense to Cron Gracie. I know the Gracies are a legacy and I've shit on him on the show before and got an email about it. <laughs> but I, as far as a full MMA package, he is not that thing. So to get submitted by him and put yourself in a position of getting submitted, especially in a smaller cage with a taller guy that can... I I just think Chase Hoover is going to have the better submissions, and I don't think Alex Caceres has ever been known as a knockout artist. So he's going to... Alex Caceres kicks a lot. I see him kicking, which kicks, that's up for a takedown. The taller guy snatches him up. Alex Caceres is a cold fish. I think it might... Chase... You know, we're going to see Chase's hands get better. He is not even 21 years old yet, or maybe he just turned 21 or not just 21. But we're going to see his striking get better and better and better. And I hope that Alex Caceres isn't the dude that makes him fall in love with his striking. Um, But actually, I think give me Chase Hooper. I'm going to let him get out of the first round with uh, Bruce Leroy out of respect for um, the amount. I do like everything Chase Hooper has. I I like the guys. I think there's things about the ground game. Um... At this age, taking boxing now without the head trauma and everything. I love everything about Chase Hooper. So give me Hooper submission round this two. This is horrible. I went back to look at just the history yeah. of Caceres. Rear naked choke from, I mean, you can't take the 2011. I'll go from 2014. His only losses, okay, submission, he lost to Rivera by TKO, but he split decision, rear naked choke loss, split decision, rear naked choke loss. Rear naked choke loss when he's under, like, he doesn't get knocked out necessarily, does Caceres, but he does get submitted, which is Chase Hooper. I'm switching back. Give me Hooper. Submission round number two. Oh, I'm conflicted. I know what you're saying. I like what you're saying. I like it too. I'm staying there. (sighs) I'm going to go round number two. Not on my five big championships. I'm going to end up playing some of this one on DraftKings. We got Chase Hooper, 8,500 against Caceres is 7,700. Do you think you're going to be playing any of these fighters as far as DraftKings is concerned? Yes, I will be playing Chase Hooper on one or two as an expense. I have so many dogs. I might as well put Chase This is one of those guys. And it's so weird because we always are like new guy, high ranking on DraftKings. But the fact that you can get Chase Hooper for less expensive than the lesser Burns brother, that's crazy to me. You might as well go with Chase Hooper. And a guy of Alex Caceres, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, always wins by split decision, always loses by submission. It's time for him to lose by submission. And I think this is a setup. ESPN, we're seeing him with the setups, setups, setups. We're seeing these young kids get fights that behoove. I would actually say that Dunham and Caceres are a lot in the same boat. I actually, th- I, I think, look at his last loss, look at um, his last win, and it's like a matchup that I could see, like, you put uh, another thing just for shits, put Burns and Hooper on everything, and then make well, a couple parlays. <laughs> not not, everything. not DraftKings, but make a couple right. parlays with Burns, Hooper, and then pick some other weird fighters well, on it, because they're both set up kind of like storylines. Even how quick Herbert Burns got this fight. It just happened. Right. Oh, like, it did. Yeah, yeah, it was the latest edition yeah. of the entire card. So, with days notice, essentially. But I'm going to go in that Hooper 20% range, Caceres 10%. I haven't gone 100% on anyone lately, and that's really been saving my ass. Even if I lose sometimes on that, sometimes those are the cards that where my closest split fights that I don't see necessarily going to distance. You kind of got to throw both guys. But Caceres at 7-7, he averages 52 points. I don't like that. I'd rather go with Kelleher in his 70s. I think you're absolutely making the right call there. But I am... 
I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go twenty percent Hooper, zero percent Caceres. Uh, I like what you're saying there. You flop me. You flip me and me flop me. I do not have anything else to say. Business. Biz. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at latb underscore MMA on Instagram at latb underscore MMA to email us at lesboandabeam at gmail.com. For me, Emmanuel, you can always find me at Zoltanite. For Cheney, it is always at Baby. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the main card. We have a, a pay-per-view underway. UFC 250, better known as Fight Pit Championships. We're going for that belt. We're trying to make it all about that belt here. The money on the way is all. That's all in the back end. That all's in the back end. The money is just an extra. It's a dessert on top of that belt. As a real cake. That be holding it strong. Raining over if you guys I know, haven't I feel heard. like if I had a belt on my shoulder, I automatically might say the word jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with the territory for sure. But here on the pay-per-view, we're going to have a really fun one. Started off with... Sugar Sean O'Malley at 135 pounds coming in against Eddie Wineland as one of the biggest favorites of the entire night. Wineland being 24 and 13, the underdog plus 300 is coming off of a win to Gregor Popov in China, I believe. 11 months ago, right cross finished it. The trip prior to that, he lost to Alejandro Perez and Dotson via decision, beating Mizugaki and Signs with a knockout. Underrated boxing for the fireman. He's one of those Stipe Miocic disciples. He still has a day job, and it's still been full-time firefighter. Oh, he's a firefighter at the same place? No, he's just a firefighter at a different... But he's a firefighter who has never stopped fighting and never stopped firefighting. Okay. So... Why it, would you, though? In my opinion, it's kind of a job you can keep and train. It, it definitely has benefits. There's not a lot benefits. of them that you could, but that one, you could. And let's say a fight's coming around. I know that they sack PTO so hard at those jobs that they're like, I can take three weeks off and not affect. And then still get paid off pay time. Normally in off. life, I would make the smart-ass statement, like, when was the last time you've seen a structural fire? But when we just riots, <laughs> it's like, um, Well, they just let them burn anyways. Eddie, get to work! What are you doing <laughs> fighting sugar? <laughs> so, here Wineland, at 35 years old, has been a long time former WEC champion fighting against all of those legends, being a part of one of the most legendary losses, I feel like, coming in as a humongous favorite to Johnny Eduardo, Eduardo, where he got knocked out in seconds and broke his jaw in all sorts of places. Didn't think he would come back. He's since come back and had over eight fights. In with some power punchers and Dotson in there. Uh, but 11 months ago, Popov should have been able to get it done in Wineland with his beautiful boxing. And it's a lot of his feints. Going back and watching a lot of his fights, he really sets guys up with feints. He'll feint it out two shots. They'll bite on it. And he comes in with that right really well. He has a good stepping outside left foot with a right cross as he's gotten many of finishes. But uh, go to the body and head well. He'll throw in those calf kicks every once in a while, but he's really just kind of a wrestler boxer. On the ground and on top, he's good, but he's not necessarily going to be shooting too many takedowns. Out of both fighters, Wineland would be the one shooting the takedown, um, but I don't think he wants anything on the ground with O'Malley. O'Malley looks like one of those dangly spiders that's going to reach everything up. 
Sugar Shane is not has a perfect 11 and 0 in there, even though one of them was a controversial disqualification to yeah. his opponent, where he was getting beat handedly and then you know one weird shot to the back of the head and he couldn't continue and won on the scorecard or something like that. So via DQ. But other than that, O'Malley's been nothing but hot in here, being all sorts of hyped up. Same with that Cooper in that Hooper range where Sugar Sean has a humongous... If you're talking about Twitch, you're talking about Sugar Sean. He's one of these guys that's making tons of money on Twitch, on his weed products. I probably need to add Sugar and Mighty Mouse on my Twitch. Interesting. They got enough of a following. Yeah, they don't need my following. Yeah, they're good. They don't need my raid. <laughs> <laughs> so, here Sugar Sean is a long striker, more of a Taekwondo guy. I really? Always lead back Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sugar Shane coming off of a win two months ago to Quinones as a big favorite, but Quinones is really not that high of a level of fighter, unfortunately. But a lot of kicks in here. The thing with uh, Sugar Shane is he's live and die by the kicks, where Silk Hamtath could have beat him if he would have had a bit of fight IQ in yeah. there. But O'Malley's feet and hands break a lot, and he's still young at 25 in his career. Throws a lot of those kicks. He doesn't do well when you check, and Eddie Wineland can check a good amount of kicks. Eddie Wineland also has very elusive hands where he'll put them down a lot and actually use tons of head movement. It can be really scary against a good kicker oh, like O'Malley. I hate that this is a main card. Because he will fucking duck right into one of those kicks. But the level of experience Wineland has to the level of experience O'Malley has, we've seen this all night. It's been a tale of this kind of tape. I don't think the minus 400 is justified here for O'Malley. He's beat nobody Agreed. even close to the level of Wineland. Even if Wineland's lost some controversial ones... O'Malley's just not there. In that sense, I think that Wineland can keep it up striking long enough to turn this into a grind and he doesn't get finished. Give me the over 2.5. Give me O'Malley decision, but I can't. I, it's O'Malley or it's Wineland that I'm just kind of fading a bit more, but he's looked great. He looked great in his last one and he's not traveling that far. I could see myself even switching via weigh-ins to Wineland. Give me O'Malley, dirty split, decision, Minus 400 is ridiculous. I totally agree with everything you said, and I'm even the O'Malley decision, and the reason I have O'Malley decision is I feel like he would have a lean from ESPN, a lean from mm -hmm. the UFC, that if it was on the fence, they're going to go with the kid that can make them the most money, which is easily sugar. Um, also, I... It, Wineland only wins by knockout, and sugar has a decent chin, so I'm... That overhand right can get caught with some kicks. I'm not looking for this to go to the ground. I think the better hands are Wineland. The better kicks are O'Malley's. Uh, the thing I like about Sean O'Malley is he's of the camp of one of those guys with him and his friends where they literally play UFC games to figure out new combinations. And I think his coach is like his bestie yep. too. And they're doing kind of something new school. So I like your dirty split here. I don't think this is an easy walkthrough for Sugar. I think a lot of people are going to have it that way because yep. the hype is so big. But Eddie has done nothing to... Uh, that, that's exactly what everyone said about Popov. Wasn't he just as big of an underdog? 
I not not as no, not that big, but he was still an underdog, and yeah. And there's some of the fights of the people that he's lost to, where I would love to see how Sugar would fare against John Dodson. I would love to see how Sugar would fare against Alejandro Perez, which could be a fight we end up seeing after this. Winner, winner, Perez versus O'Malley, and I wouldn't be mad about it. But I like the dirty split O'Malley decision. So on. DraftKings, you're going to end up paying for the minus 400 favorite of O'Malley. It is oh, while well, my salaries went up. You can see a nasty knockout, though, too, for O'Malley. If he ducks right into it, 9,300 for O'Malley against Eddie Wineland's. 6,900. Even setting him up to duck into it. That last, that last Sugar Shane knockout was, you know, against Kionias. That wasn't the one that he could have had better. It was the, yeah, so hand bath. That could have been the better ring IQ. Kionias was um, a legit, but I was actually really surprised. I even might have had Kionias in that. I don't remember. I do love Sugar, so I can't imagine picking against him, but... Eddie's dangerous. I really like Eddie, too. I rarely take against Eddie Wineland. I'm going to end up playing um, a little bit more Eddie Wineland here for 9-3. Average points O'Malley is 94 points. Eddie Wineland is 55, but at 6-9, Eddie Wineland's more likely to get to that number. If he wins, it could be a knockout. But that's the exact same reason that I could see him getting knocked out is because he throws everything Uh. into the punches. I think you got to have a little bit of Wineland in this spot, and I'm not going to be as heavy in O'Malley, where last week I was telling you guys Rodriguez is a lock, 125 points on DraftKings, absolute lock. O'Malley isn't for minus 400. I'm changing my to O'Malley knockout. I can see I like the ducking that you're saying when the feints don't work on O'Malley, and if they've watched enough of his fights, one of the bad parts of these fighters, especially like WEC, when you go that far back, or so, there's so much tape. Right. There's so much there's tell so, and so much, so much tape, and these are two kids that geek out on tape. I just feel like they would not, they're hand-selecting Sean O'Malley's fights right now. Everything, I'm going to go with O'Malley KO round number two. I think he sets up, uh, watches the feints, watches the feints, do some like kick to the side, kick to the side, kick to the side. He goes to block that kick to the side, kick to the head knockout. Shin to the head. Fun one, fight big championships is <laughs> on the line this time. <laughs> So, I'm going to have to see what Alpha picks. <laughs> <laughs> then we move on to 170 pounds where we have a fight of the night contender in my eyes. This is one that kept me up all night. Woo, I was this telling was you about that. This, this was, was one. one of it's them. It's always Anthony Rocco. Martin. It is Rocco with a name like Rocco. How could you? How could you not need a shower? So the American top team disciples, 17 and 5, Rocco Martin is finally coming off of a win, only losing to Damian Maya. Getting a little bit of a win streak going on. B&A plus Money Puesta a few times over. And cashing again and again. Especially against the Russian in M-Eve. Here against Magni, it is going to be an uphill battle. Neil Magni being 22-7. and seven, Coming off of a steroid suspension. Looked better than he ever has against Li Jiliang two months ago. Which I picked the leech in that one. Magni came and shut me up. That was 30-25. Yeah, he looked I mean, so good. He place. was unreal. Elevation top team is undefeated so far this year. And Neil Magni is another guy to try to keep them in that elevation level. So Magni is going to come. <laughs> extra cardio. He has his jab 
against Li Jingliang looked better than it's ever looked in his entire career. And his grappling has always been one of these guys that in the third round is his best round. It's where he really puts it on you and uh, can really uh, wilt guys in this position. And here against Rocco Martin, who has some high-level training partners, no longer Colby Covington, which we didn't talk about. Colby Covington left ATT. It's official, official. Official. We saw it coming. Apparently, I didn't. I kept saying the whole thing was a work. Oh, okay. Well, there was a lot of heat, and guess what? They're going to trade Colby Covington for literally five champions there. I think Colby's got to go. <laughs> Sorry, Colby, but you lost that belt. And I love me some Colby Covington. I bet five on that Five champions mofo. where? Uh, American Top Team. But they're going to trade Colby Covington to who for five champions? Oh, no, they just got rid of it because supposedly like four or five of these champions or former champions would leave if oh, Colby stayed. Oh, okay. Not that that was officially out there, but... Orange we, Man Bad. We all know. Orange Man Bad. Correct. Correct. So he was definitely an easy target and people were... It was hard to find him training partners and it's like, okay, well... Something's got to give you. I say, speaking of Orange Man Bad, if you have a fucking cocktail in your Molotov cocktail in your hand or a crowbar or you are destroying some mom and pop business, do something fucking better with yourself. Uh, our fans don't stoop to that level. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Back to Rocco Martin. I don't even have to go further with So, that. definitely, uh, with Rocco Martin, I'm, as I'm saying, he's a little cash cow for me. He's a little, little pitlet for me, shaking that money out of there. Put it together once he went to American Top Team. If you're Top a team. fan and you're a fucking dirty ass cop that's put your knee on somebody's head for however long till they can't breathe, we don't have those fans either. We don't have those fans either. Okay. Those are not our those fans. Those are both sides of it. I think I the name to... Lat B, if you know what it stands for, pretty much sways you away from those it guys says right away. Those people. Will <laughs> knee on their head. So, so Rocco Martin, his striking has been on point. The fact that he didn't get submitted by Damian Maya, I feel like is a really big tell in that, even though he did start to wilt in that third round in Brazil. Um, Rocco Martin, being one of these guys that openly bets on himself, he bets his purses on himself. Talk about pressure, but hey, some guys need that kind. And against Neil Magny, you're going to need every bit. Those Boston guys need that. Of that. So the, how about those Boston, how about the narrative Boston guys going to Florida and winning? Huh, Steamroller, Flavola, oh, Qatar. True. Who else is there? I think Burgos, but maybe they stayed up in Boston. I could be wrong oh, on those. That's, that's an interesting one. I am not opposed. So, Rocco Martin, though, what I feel like here in this fight is Neil Magny has the cardio advantage. I feel like the striking is be pretty much even. I love Neil Magny's jab, but Rocco Martin's jab has been just as good as of late as well. So this is just mixed up to have fun scrambles on the ground. Neil Magny, um, even though he does get on top later in those rounds, I feel like Rocco Martin knows how to transition out of those. Magny is a black belt, I believe, at this point, but not on the Navy and Maya level. And I feel like Rocco Martin is going to be able to just keep up that pace. Those knees of the body is what worries me for Magny, or against Magny in the clinch. But what I think the biggest game changer of this entire fight is going to be the calf kick. And Rocco Martin has been steadily using that calf kick as many AT&T guys have. ATT guys have. And Magny got them skinny legs. And Magny specifically against Ponzinibbio, ATT uh -huh. guy. Against... Dos Santos, and what was the other loss where it played a big one? Ponzinibbio, he tore his, that apart. And there was one other one in there. Um, he might have won. 
where the calf kick still really... Ch uh, Lorenz Larkins early, early in his career. But it was all set up by them calf kicks. And I feel like that's what's going to happen because with Magny and with most like Dominic Cruz, what we found out and we've been telling you here at Lab B, a cardio guy, his legs are his tool. So you start to beat up those legs, he can have all the cardio in the world. When you can't move forward because you're fucking leg is because the nerve yeah. in your leg is dead you can't move forward yeah. and that doesn't matter about cardio off your punches can't get a takedown right right you're yeah and it's just it, i feel like it's a vulnerability specifically that we when seen you rely on your speed and somebody takes that away right yeah. when you rely on your cardio and someone yeah. kicks your legs out you're like okay this is a different yeah. fight so give me rocco martin in a decision i could even see a finish in the later rounds but i'm gonna i think neil magni Grinds out any fight in there. He's not an easy fight for anyone. Give me the underdog. Plus 120. Give me Rocco Martin. I'm going to be betting that side as well. Who do you have in this fight? Love it. All the same reasons. It's I haven't felt good about Neil Magny. And even when I look through his win streaks, uh, the guys he's beating are guys on the tail end. We love the leech for the leech, but we say it about him all the time. Hey, leech, just fight in China and dope up. <laughs> dope up. We love the leech. He's rowdy. He always makes for an exciting fight in there. He totally goes out on his sword. Ponzinibbio, next level, dude. Where's Ponzinibbio? Still don't know. The only guy that could wedge up and change this division for any way that actually makes it interesting that could a striker fare well against these top wrestlers. Hmm. Ponzinibbio is one of the only guys so that I'm like curious. You're telling me he can make this division great again? I think it might be Ponzinibbio. <laughs> it might be up to Ponzinibbio. <laughs> I think there's murderers getting into 170, 55ers. Yes, Ponzinibbio is a good addition, but not one man can do it. It it's takes not a community. Like a one man. Exactly. A whole group. Uh, and then the Carlos Condit win. Don't care about that. Uh, I feel like Carlos has been out of the game thank for you. so but long. We've been betting against him for years. And losing to Rafael, like, I, I've been trying to fade Rafael, and he's like, lose three, win one. Lose three, win one. You're um, mad <laughs> I also think if you listen to this show long enough, you know this is. A mildly biased pick. I think we've been pulling for Rocco Martin his whole way through. But yeah. that being said, uh, we got to be right about some of the hype trains and ride their train the whole time. And Rocco Martin's one of those quiet ones that nobody's jumping on. But he's just been doing his damn thing the whole getting way better. through. Both of these getting guys, better, though, so better. is Ma so is Magni for that matter. They're both young men. Three years yeah. old for Magni, twenty eight you know, for Rocco a, Martin. Woo! I can take a shot right it's now. It's UFC years, and Magni's been in them wars. Them wars. That Out of the two is, fighters, he's yeah. the he's the one who gets he's in the wars. If we were to do the glass chin here, I'm going to say glass shin. Both. Uh, I like it though, but I like your Martin decision, and I could even see the leg kick set up to like, um, you know, a left or a right or a good combo, like kicking his leg out from under and then catching him on that, um, and seeing the knockout ladder and maybe like end of round two, beginning of round three. But I'm going to go with Martin decision right now, and I love him. He's one of my favorite. He's one of the guys I never remember how much I love him until he's on here. I feel like kind of the whole fight cards. There is so many good fights on here, and I was giving the other fight week yeah, saying it was like, going to be better. So much better, I was like. And I think that that showed out though. That was an A plus. It turned card. out more than anyone expected. So it's still good. So, but this one is beating my expectations. The more I'm looking into it, because initially looking at it, they added a couple fun fights because it was going to be almost Jessica. I could be the level. <laughs> crazy it's like a lot of american fighters are people fighting out of america right now love it 
I, I know, but it's just um, when you think of how big our roster is, like, oh, and yeah. we're just seeing it, they're well, making a There's friend. not too many fighters that are not like, I want to go to America and train. Like, there's not many yeah. opposed to that. Most of them are like, I know, but everyone's room. locked somewhere else right now. So yeah, right, We're right, still right. in, like, the COVID. Option. You know, we're in, like, um, stage uh, five of the end game. They're making Felicia Spencer a full-blown Canadian, and she lived there when she was three years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're like, Amer- Canadian pride, she has never trained at all in Florida her whole life. Or what about, uh, what's her face, uh, the Brazilian, Mackenzie Dern's last, last week? Did you see her in her interview? No. She was all, how do you say? <laughs> oh, Portuguese, oh, porra. Oh, I'm <laughs> so, um, back on to... see champ, champ. Is that what you say for your champ? <laughs> so, back to Neil Magny, Rocco Martin. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 8700 for the favorite Neil Magny against Rocco Martin, 7500 If you don't know better, I'm going to be going at least 40% on Rocco Martin. Slightly on Magny, just because if he gets his volume game going, he throws out a lot of volume. Is it like... Lynchpin. No, Rocco Martin's not a lynchpin. I haven't heard you say 40% yet. I've heard you say a lot of 10s. A lot of 10s, a lot of 20s. Maybe there's yeah. a lynchpin to come? There's still fights to come, but this one's definitely one of those that I am looking at the oh underdog Oh my gosh, the next fight could be a fight of the year. Absolutely the fight, fight of the year contender. This one could be a main event of next week. I agree. All day. So at 135 pounds, we have Corey Sanhagen coming in against... Al Jermaine Sterling, the Funk Masters, coming in with an 18-3 record, coming off of a four-fight winning streak, last beating Pedro Munoz in a decision, Jimmy Rivera, Cody Stamen in an E-bar, and Brett Johns, all decisions, only losing to Marias on a previous, like, I think, eight-fight winning streak. Which is bullshit. Coming out of that Sarah Longo gym. <laughs> I just didn't like it because the, the um stopped the fight, um, chit-chatted, and then said go, and then it was like Aljo got caught. Need right in yeah, the gap. Yeah, it was like he was he was winning that fight up until then, in my opinion. Definitely, there is that argument to be said. Uh, but Sterling comes in with a regenerative game plan. He ended up uh, going back to the drawing board. He said from that Mariah's fight because again he was on that winning streak and really said he's turned it around and he's looked great. Really showing off his kicks, really using a lot of his length in his kicks. The fights I was watching, if you didn't see some of that tape study earlier. Uh, against Munoz, I mean, I'm really high on Munoz. I bet him against Garbrandt, made a shit ton of money on that one. But here, uh, in that going back to that fight, Munoz is a tough guy and he really put it on him. What I didn't remember was how gassed Aljo was. Both of them for that matter. Yeah. Lot of teeps, lot of body shots. Uh, Aljo really worked on there. The anti-wrestling worked in his favor. Aljamain Sterling's hands are really not that good. And he really sets up his best strikes off of a kick. Then he'll come in with a three-punch combo. But whenever Aljo comes in with just his hands, he usually ends up on the wrong side of exchanges. And against Sanhagen, he's got to worry about a tricky trickster in here at 12-2. and two. We witnessed his mastery against Lineker. We watched that jab come from everywhere. We watched the Ducci kicks. He reminds me of Dominic Cruz in a way, especially with his right. He comes in with like this weird step into the the, body, like a body shot. Right. And the way he ducks his head. So if he were to get hit, he'd take it all on his forehead. But he like comes in and like lunges forward. And it's just one of those shots that it's not a fight ender. But by the middle of the second round and you took four or five of them, you're not 
your game plans off. He puts it on you, for sure. <coughs> He's killed you by a thousand cuts, but he will submit you as well with triangles, arm bars. Has a lot of that wonderful chain wrestling uh, that we like to talk about here. He will, on the ground, or chain jiu-jitsu, where he will just switch. And there's many fights that when I was watching the tape where Sam Hagen, even if he doesn't, if the round runs out... That was just three submission attempts that that dude had to work out of. So he's constantly making you work. Coming out of the team elevation, they're on a good streak right now. He's got Neil Magny and all of his homeboys ready to go. Drew Dober, Geechee, all these motherfucking beasts, Overeem. So something's clicking over there right now. Cardio kings right now. Absolutely at an elevation. And that's where I feel like Aljo is going to potentially take this first round. By far, his first round is his best round. But into that second, he starts to slow down. And that third round is borderline hang-on. That's where he's yeah. showing his next level, uh, championship level standard, where this could be for the belt, essentially, and I wouldn't be mad at it. But uh, That's a really good point. This totally could be for the belt. Absolutely. There's no reason it's not. Right. It's, it's a hoodle left. Yeah. They should, so they should totally air. make it a co-main for the belt. They Who is it? Peter Yawn? Um, fucking Aldo is for the belt. Because Cejudo stepped away. Yeah, but F that. This is a and this is the number one contender like, spot, is what they yeah, say. Yeah, totally. Jan for wherever he's from and however big against his name the is. double loser in like fucking Russia Aldo. and Aldo. <laughs> I know they're bigger names for what you're trying to do, but Aljamain Sterling. This you're so right. This is the real fight for the belt. So what I feel like is going to happen is this is going to be a dirty, dirty close split on the ground. <laughs> the fight you're saying versus the winner of this fight uh -huh. that's going to be for the belt. That's the real belt, but yeah. the actual, it's Aldo freaking Peter Yarn is, is for the belt. So either way, um, here with Sam Hagen, I think that he is going to have more volume and going to keep working if he, if he gets off of his back. He's got good takedown defense, and Aljo would be smart to throw those takedowns in there, but he really doesn't enough, even though he has those grappling credentials. He usually keeps it up, he usually uses wrestling in reverse. But I think Sam Hagen is the craftier striker here. He faints a lot more. And especially in that third round, he's proven, and we've seen it in real life, yeah. that he just keeps going where I feel like uh, that's going to be, it's going to be a clear third round for Sam Hagen, a clear first round for Aljamain Sterling. And that second round, I think Aljo wins the first part of it and Sam Hagen the second. And I think the judges give it to Sam Hagen in a controversial, dirty, dirty split. This is a coin flip for a reason. Either guy's live to finish. I think Sanhagen is the more likely finisher out of the two, but I, I think it goes off three rounds. Give me the slight underdog at minus 110, minus 120 coin flip of a fight. You're not getting plus money on either guy. Both guys are so good. I think this is the first of maybe even a trilogy fight we see, especially in this division. They're young enough. They're both so great. They're both clinched up at the top that it's Aljo's story to lose. By how long he's been in the game. But we've been talking about UFC miles a lot today. Mm -hmm. Who has far more UFC miles? Aljamain. Sure. Um, but his fights, other than that brutal knockout, which is, it was so brutal, it seems like it was his last fight. But there's been so many fights in between that he still has to keep proving himself from that Marais knockout. Whereas Sanhagen's one of those guys... Um, he does keep his chin up a little bit. Sometimes he does eat shots. We see a lot of his ego gets in. He he has this. Uh, he does remind me of TJ in that way, where he fights with so much ego. Hmm. Um, I I like it. 
I think he's a talker inside the octagon, um, and I like it. I think this is going to be such an interesting fight. I think these guys fill in each other's holes everywhere. Uh, it's like wrestling and a little jujitsu, a little wrestling on one side too, striking, kicks. Um, I think Sanhagen has the length and he has the UFC youth, even though it's only two years in the real world, a little over two years. Um, Aljo has so much to prove right now. And I think um, the pressure is on Aljo. I think both guys have a good chin, so this is 100% going to go to decision. I think if you want to look at who the UFC wants to win more, I think that's Sanhagen. Uh, I think Alger is going to have the more dynamic strikes with more power. Um, Sanhagen's going to have more of those. Um, Sanhagen doesn't mind fighting off his back. A submission mm -hmm. could totally come. Um, he is one of those guys, though, like Shabazian, where, you know, if you're really going to go for the championship, you you're Khabib. You're good the whole way through. The whole way through. And that's kind of how I see Corey Sanhagen. Aljo is one of those names on the list. Give me Corey Sanhagen decision. <sighs> that It's so nerve-wracking. I think both guys are probably... It could be a stack. What are they worth? I love it because I was actually, actually about to say that this is definitely stack-worthy with 8,200 for the slight favorite in Aljamain Sterling against Corey Sandhagen's 8,000 even on DraftKings as we're saying a coin flip. But on average, 75 points for Sterling, average 105 for Sandhagen in this spot. So I could see one guy getting in that 60, one guy getting in that 80 range. So if you're doing the televised only cards on DraftKings yeah, where you that's need a, better a lower play. fighter, this might be your lower fighter to pick over somebody that you anticipate getting completely finished. Right. Out of the two, though, I feel like if I don't stack it, I'm going to more than likely be on Sandhagen just because of the volume. Uh, he does throw seven punches to the four per minute for Aljo. So he can double up on that. So just with the volume there, I do think Hagen is a slight Gosh, edge on DraftKings. I really love Aljo. Looking at these two, these are two of my favorite fighters that I don't give enough shine on the show. I think I do. I'm always all over San Hagen, but I really love Aljo. Me too. Done. I think he's such a fun fight. Around. I can't wait for that. I know we usually talk about not paying the pay-per-view, especially for this one, but that alone could be a pay-per-view worthy bout, I feel like. Um, pay-per-view co-main, maybe? Easy. Um, definitely on a pay-per-view fight. It is on a pay-per-view fight. I don't know if it could be the main event of the pay-per-view. Yeah, but it I don't think it could be. But it could be easily a, yeah. a main event of a fight night. Absolutely. 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 Then we get you into... You almost hot burped it. <laughs> <laughs> then we get into the co-main event of the evening at 135 pounds. We have former champion Cody Garbrandt coming in against Rafael Asuncao. The 27-7 and 7 fighter has been one of those longtime grindiest of grinders, always making your money with a Sansao perennial underdog who just always, as we've been saying, makes it a bad grindy fight. Yeah, you always look at it and you're like, dang, that was a lot grosser of a fight than I thought. Solid striking. Kind of, uh, the master or the high level that a Sansao has is definitely going to be on the ground. Uh, with his grinding ability and submission ability, striking-wise, he's serviceable. He's not going to blow you out. His He does have a few knockouts, but it's, again, some lower-level guys in there. Um, he's definitely more of the decision fighter, but he's one of those guys that will just always turn it into a dirty type of a split. He's coming off of a two-fight losing streak to 
Marlon Marais in a submission where he was hurt, then guillotine. Then he lost to Sanhagen in a decision where he was just beat 30-27 pretty handedly. And against Cody Garbrandt here, the 11-3 fighters only lost in the UFC, only the belt options as of late to Pedro Munoz, TKO over a year ago, then to TJ both of those times prior. We see that Garbrandt can get a little in his own head, and once he gets hurt a little bit, he goes in swinging. And against the Sun Sal, I don't necessarily see him being in that uh, deer in headlights, being stunned by a shot where he all of a sudden is like, you hit me with a good shot, I'm going to get after you. Sun Sal doesn't necessarily do that. He more just pick you apart, get a takedown, win the round. Cody Garbrandt has an excellent takedown defense in here. It's not shown enough, but that's what really keeps him in that sprawl and brawl style that does him so well against the low-level competition he's beat. And even high-level with Dominic Cruz, it's not... It's keeping the fight where he wants it, is being it with the crisper boxing. Great jab, great straight left, good late kicks, but a Sun Sao, I feel like, has as varied kickability as Cody Garbrandt. I'm going to give Garbrandt the power and speed here as well. And the gas tank is where it's going to be a little bit close. We saw him go heavy five. The other ones have been too short. We haven't seen that gas tank, but we know a Sun Sao can go a hard three waking up tomorrow. I'm thinking about it. Oh, Sun Sao's going to go a hard fucking three. So I feel like here. Um, I want to go with a Sun Sao. I feel like he can eke out a dirty split, but I think it matters that he can't get it to the ground. I feel like Cody Garbrandt has good enough takedown defense to keep it striking and win these exchanges and slightly hurt a Sun Sao and win it 9 or 10 to 9 where he just kind of wobbles a Sun Sao a bit more, maybe ends up on top. It's rapid punches, but I don't necessarily see the finish coming. I think a Sun Sao's too tough for that and smart for that. I got Cody Garbrandt decision, but I could see myself switching to a, a Sun Sao decision and that ultimate grind. This is a close one for a reason. Almost a coin flip. Minus 145 Garbrandt. I think he keeps it striking. I think he edges out a 29-28 type of a fight as well. What a bunch of close fights. Who are you going to have in this one and oh why? Oh my gosh. So I've gone back and forth about this one. And unfortunately for Cody Garbrandt, he is a fucking head case. And because he handed Dominic Cruz a brittle old scarecrow made of glass that I know everybody cannot fathom that people age and that, well, you don't know how he was in the WC. You need to watch this. I understand. But he isn't that anymore. And he was hurt in that fight. He didn't really want to take that fight. Uh, he takes the fight. Cody dances around and looks really great and whatever. Asun is one of those grinders. Grind, grind, grind. Always in there. Never going to get any shine. Never going to get a title shot, no matter who he beats or how he wins. Cody could get a title shot off this fight. If Asun wins, he won't even be mentioned. Like, it won't even matter. He's still... There's just certain guys that the UFC pulls for, and Garbrandt's one of those dudes that they pull for. Unfortunately, I kind of feel like a Sun Sao is better everywhere. The Sanhagen decision that he just fought in is better than anything Cody's done of the last three years. Like Cody, Cody's memory of the Dom fight is the same as like Chris Weidman breaking Silva's leg. It's a high school football player that's like, I made that touchdown. I made that throw Remember touchdown. Remember that book I wrote. Remember that book I wrote and I walked in with that blonde kid? <laughs> like, I, I, Cody seems like a nice dude. He's just like a hothead, tattooed guy. And um, I think that hothead, eventually, I, I don't think 
every fight is a potential loss. He can't afford to lose again. And that is everything where I feel like a sunsaw goes in here. It's another day. It's another day in the office. So unless he gets totally screwed, which I could see happening for one desperate attempt for them to give no love another shot, I see a sunsaw walking away with the decision here. I just don't think Cody can stay out of his own head for 15 minutes. I think somewhere in that 15 minutes, a sunsaw is going to make some sort of strike that just makes Cody the same Cody. It, like if we go with what we know, when was the last time when you saw Cody dancing around the ring with Dom, doing those little fun dances, making like little fun moves at Dom? You guys, that is so long ago. It's <laughs> That's years. so long ago. I was in high school when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just aged yourself. Good job. Good job. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go with the Sun South decision, and it feels really uncomfortable to say. And I know everybody no loves no love. I get it. I get the whole gimmick. I get the shtick. He's the hipster. He should have a pocket watch. I get it. He's so steampunk. I get it. I'm going to go with the Sun South. And I hate it. I don't think I ever picked Sun Sal on anything. He's so boring. That's exactly. So boring. He makes a grinding, boring, boring fight. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying for the minus 145 favorite. Who is 8, the better cardio? You think? A Sun Sal. I think a Sun Sal. Um, Garbrandt, 8,600. Slight favorite there against. Or Garbrandt's the 8,600 against a Sun Sal. 7,600. I don't necessarily see... I see a decision as well, so it's going to be hard for me to be putting uh, Garbrandt on a lot of spots. I'm going to go 10% Garbrandt, 10% a Sun Sal. Cody's going to be swinging for the fences. That's There's why. no so, way he's going to go in and win a decision. But, but that's why. If he gets a win, it's going to be a knockout. Oh, damn it! <laughs> I can see him hurting him, though. Losing the I whole round. Hurting him. Sun Sal's been known to be chinny but this years is where ago. Right? Sun Tzu was chinny when Garbrandt won last. Oh, so I'm going to probably be having a low amount of exposure to this. Low amount of exposure. This is even a better prediction. Garbrandt loses and goes down to 125. Wow, that's a bold prediction. Yeah, I think he already put his hat in the ring for that when he lost last time. Crazy. So, anyway, yeah. So, limited I got exposure no love on that for no love. So definitely moving on to the pay-per-view headliner, the main event you've for that strap. You've been talking about this for weeks. This is one I can't get out of my head. <laughs> this is why you've been in bed watching this. At 145 pounds, we have the math teacher coming against the mother in weight, Amanda Nunes. Nina Azneroff looking all sorts of thick in there. Them hips are getting ready to bruise the baby if you've been watching the embedded. No, I haven't. Oh, she, tonight, though. she's got that glow. She's got that glow Nina, on. Nina, you speak in my life. <laughs> She's going to come in and fight at 145 like pounds. Thick. I tell you what. Give me a little thick. She's easily going to be the next mom champ. <laughs> so, Noons. Mother of dragons. <laughs> coming in with an immaculate record. Beating legends of legends. Upon legends. Against the up and coming phenom. Really the only unarguable goat in, woman, in, in all of MMA? Amanda Noons. Like, no one can argue it. It's not a... She's finished all of say. the other greats. She's never popped for some dirty shit. You can't put an asterisk by it. Like, there is no other... Anyone you would argue with it, she's beat them. Absolutely. So, I just... It, because UFC, you know, people can talk about whether Mighty Mouse or John Jones or the... No, it's Amanda Nunes. It's Amanda Nunes. And here, she's going to have 
so what some people think is a softball setup fight with Felicia Spencer, who's only had three fights in the UFC, four, three fights in the UFC, winning against Megan Anderson in her debut, losing to Cyborg in a decision, and as of late beating Sarah Farn in a TKO ground and pound three months ago, which, who's Sarah Farn? Who the fuck is Sarah Farn that you get a title shot after beating? I think it's that black lady. Okay. And I think she has braids. <laughs> and eyeballs and arms and <laughs> legs. Get the fuck out of here. An absolute nobody. But that's the division being created for people that aren't in It there. was created for Cyborg. Cy who left the Bellator. Who took her ball and went home. And went home after she got beat up by Amanda Nunes. Um, but here, but before that, she beat Spencer in a gutsy performance where she just decisioned her and Spencer just took a beating of a lifetime in there, showing the heart and will. And that's where, as far as backing Spencer in this position, I don't feel like you have. she's not going to fight for your money. Spencer's an up-and-comer who knows where she's at. And in every fight, she's only shown that she's in there to try to get the win. Even when she's losing, she's not wilting in there. And that's the best people you want to yeah. Fucking, yeah. That's who you want to bet on. The thing is that at this point of her career, she's just completely outmatched against one of the all-time greats. Somebody who will be in the Hall of Fame no matter what. She has beat our girl, Valentina Shevchenko, twice. Those are her controversially. best two wins. Uh, knocking out Holly Holmes? I don't care. Home? I still think her best win, because everything else was like so fast. and like Knocking out Penny. Cyborg knocking out Cyborg. I felt like the cyborg. There was so Nugget much. Out it, it, it's like the Ngannou, though. Like those are like Ngannou. You know how he rushed forward in his last thing against Rosenstruck? It was like, well, who could stop that onslaught? It was almost like a similar Bro, type thing. I would even say the Raquel Pennington knockout means more because that's a woman who beat her, who she came back and was like, "Hey, check no, this out, bitch." Not Pennington. Yeah, Pennington, Pennington beat, beat her. Yes, she did. Kat and Ngannou did. She's got four I losses. Think, I thought. I don't think Rocky ever did. She schooled Rocky from fucking... Maybe she had 2-0 and o against her? I don't her? think Rocky ever did. So, either way... Uh, the, but maybe. The the difference, ATT, the bigger gym, even though uh, Spencer's training out of Florida, um, Noons has got that championship in the back back there. Do you like... What about those GDR sub attempts on Amanda Noons? You're so right. Uh, <laughs> she never lost to Pennington. She lost to... Uh, Hello. I know my lesbians. <laughs> and Davis. How dare you? You're absolutely right. She worked Pennington. So, um, here in this spot, I mean, it's the power is the biggest differential. Felicia Spencer hasn't shown us she has that type of power because Cyborg gave her best shot and kept walking through it. Where Cyborg tried to eat Amanda Noon's best shot and was like, Hit! <laughs> that was true. So, she stepped onto the ice. Yeah. Homegirl stepped on the ice. Like, don't come in inside. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh. So, uh, it's really that power, but the take down the fence on the ground, she's a black belt legitimately. So is Spencer, for that matter, and really showing a good game. But I would say Spencer's better on the ground than Amanda Nunes. But I feel like even though she's better, she's not going to submit Nunes. She hasn't com combat. Correct. And she's not gonna land a crazy amount of strikes. Nunes is gonna be able to get up. Maybe the gas tank, but Nunes has been in nothing but five round fights for how long? And she's had multiple fights. Yeah. She this isn't a brand new fight for her. She's been the champ knowing something was gonna come down the line for a while. 
the positive compared to most other guys like T Wood and Ferguson that had fights drop out. She didn't really have fights drop out. Her time frame has always been this. It was just her opponent was always different. But being the champ, it could be fucking anyone. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna get paid a million dollars in pay per view shares. Do you love Amanda Noon's ring IQ? Yes, it's been really? proven against Shevchenko. Shevchenko is one of the highest IQs in there, and she I was know, able to beat it twice. So you gotta give it the IQ. You gotta. I don't know. I think that's still power, though. Shevchenko is the only, like, one of the only people to onslaught those punches as a far smaller woman. Like, a lot of that is how much pain and power did Shevchenko have to eat to lose position. But I feel like Noon's even outstruck her in volume in those fights. I could be wrong. But. I don't know. I even think that second one, people... I, that second one, I might have argued with myself. I might have watched it in a non-biased rewatch because there might have been takedowns involved. She, but I think those takedowns are because she bulldozes women. I do not think she is going to be able to bulldoze Felicia Spencer. Felicia Spencer is, other than Chris Cyborg, the only... Well, I guess Megan Anderson, too, take that for what it is. Mm -hmm. Felicia Spencer is a true 145-er. Absolutely. Absolutely in there. Noons beat... Shevchenko, 86 to 72, their first fight. No, I'm wrong. 39 to 28, their first fight with two takedowns. One takedown for Shevchenko. In the second fight, 86 to 72 with two takedowns only I think that's for Nunes. Fine, but I'm also. Amanda Nunes fights at 145 right now. Shevchenko fights at 125. Like that 20 pounds yeah. at this small a weight sure. is enormous. So to be that much smaller of a woman and to come even to your second time around where it's an arguably that people are like, I thought you won that fight or whatever. Um, I just. I don't know. I'm not. I, it was a bulldozing of Ronda Rousey, so yep. we didn't really have to see her doing anything. Misha Tate was already broken from the Rocky Pennington fight. She was, like, put back together with super glue and a fake nose, and they were like, here's Amanda Nunes, Misha, and Misha, like, literally, I think if you rewatch that after the first punch, hands over face, like, she is done, done. Oh, yeah. She doesn't want none of that. Um, Cyborg, wow. And the punches she ate from Chris Cyborg. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Wow. Her GDR fight, um, she didn't get caught, but GDR has no ground game. Absolutely. But she did not want to stand on the feet with GDR well, at all. And at you're, all. You're right with Spencer. She does have some Taekwondo accolades. I think a black belt in Jiu-Jitsu and Taekwondo. Um, but she specifically throws a really sneaky head kick that's in arm's range. Like, she throws it sneakily close. That could, I see, sneaking up on Noons, but... I got to say, new, uh, Shevchenko probably threw somewhere along those same kicks and they never really landed. But I like what you're saying. I like Spencer. She's going to be a perennial top contender in there. But right now, I think just the power is such a differential. Misha Tate said it herself. Why well, Misha Tate's picked Nunes for every fight since then. Even in Cyborg, she's like, uh, Nunes is the only fighter that hit me like a man. How long, though, can she lay that out? As of late, she's had some really high-level performances. She's had some big stats. 78 strikes against Darren Dami. 79 strikes for Darren yeah, Dami. five-round fight. That five is rounds. not very many strikes. 124 against fight. Pennington in a five-round fight. Pennington was a punching bag. She was a punching it. bag. I got round number three, Noons. I think she gets the finish. I think Spencer's going to be valiant in there, but she eats a little too many shots, and eventually she's going to be like, ooh, these, are too, these hurt too much. I could see myself switching out to two. Weigh-ins, I don't think it's going to matter because both of these ladies don't look like they hurt to make 45 at all. So that's not going to play a factor for me. In the smaller cage, 
bring the better punch, the heavier puncher out of the two. I got to finish in this one. Who are you picking and why? I also, I think something about this fight, I think Amanda Nunes is going to have some ego on this as well. Mm-hmm. She should. I think she's going to become the heavier favorite toward fight time that she's like 900 under. I'm telling you guys, I just would not be surprised if Felicia Spencer finishes fight. I'm going to have Nunes by decision because mm-hmm. I do think there's times that even though Amanda Nunes is caught in... Uh, potential submission that she's still on top and remains on top a lot of like that GDR fight I think we see Amanda Nunes run out of power where Felicia Spencer can start eating her punches Um, I'm gonna pick Nunes decision I think that it's gonna go all five rounds I think Felicia Spencer is a tough bitch I think she has a lot more muscle under there I think she's gonna feel heavy heavier than anyone Amanda Nunes has had to throw around before like a significantly bigger and I even think with uh, Chris Cyborg Chris Cyborg she didn't she didn't even get to that would have been a real test of Amanda Nunes Mm -hmm. to get to see Chris Cyborg lean up against her for a minute but we didn't even get to see that Um, this is going to feel this is going to be I'm trying to think it would probably be Valentina the last time Amanda Nunes really felt someone lean up against her was mm, probably Val. I, I, Darren Dolly was close at times, but she heard it. But with she strikes. just so isn't like think a of ground Darren, specialist. Yeah, like yeah. how you would know how to throw your weight against somebody who's not a wrestler, right. like a boxer. How different that would be. I think that is Felicia Spencer to Jermaine. Mm-hmm. It would be like asking Felicia Spencer to throw GDR type punches and kicks. I think Felicia Spencer is this. She has this mirror type ground game that Paul Craig shit. She is that fight for me I don't where think it's like this sneaky thing that a weird ego can get someone caught so I think it's Amanda Nunes by decision or Felicia Spencer by and, and we've seen Amanda Nunes get hurt with strikes with GDR that GDR yes. fight did not make me feel good about Amanda I thought but, but do you I think GDR would potentially beat Spencer too I think GDR could potentially get caught in a submission with Spencer I could see yeah. that as well. But I don't see Spencer but getting finished by GDR. Well, I guess I'm getting, I agree with you. I do think Spencer is at this level, especially in this division, but I don't think she's at Noons' level. And I think if you're a 145-er, it's so hard to get the shine. It was so hard for totally. her to get the fight. So the siphon for her to get to this point mm-hmm. is like three fights in, you're with the champion. But I almost think probably for 145-pound women, if they were fighting anywhere in the world, probably three fights in, they'd be fighting, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Noon's decision. I think experience, she's been in there five rounds. Um, did we just see Felicia Spencer in there five rounds? Uh, we... No, they've been three. Like like you're saying, who is a raw farn? I'm not worried about a ground and pound. I'm sure I'm not worried. Do I think Amanda Nunes could get clipped and Felicia Spencer go for a submission? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think Felicia Spencer is a big bitch. I know it's just <laughs> like her in school. Right. I like, think she did go five rounds with Cyborg, just saying. That, y'all, Felicia Spencer, to me... At 145, this isn't a 135, this is the most dangerous competition that Amanda Nunes has had stylistically at 145 yet. I'm going to lean away from that one a little bit. I think there's been plenty of other challengers that have been at higher level. She's but a better striker, maybe. Like I don't know. I don't know. I this don't. is definitely, uh, I feel like the line is going to keep growing as you're saying, but I don't necessarily feel like that's right because... You're valid. Valicia Spencer's not a fish in there. She's not an Antonina Shevchenko. She's going to get fucking fight for your money. Absolutely 100%. But um, she's just been around for four fights where Amanda Nunes has been around for 
15 or something and the champ yeah. for nine of those. She's so, a goat for a reason. For the reason. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 9400 When Amanda wins, she's not going to get the credit she should after this. That's all I'm saying. I, I think she's going to win. That. You think she's going to knock her out. I think she's still going to win by a submission or decision. decision. But I just think Felicia Spencer's a bad bitch, you guys. I agree. I totally agree. And if she's an underdog in other spots... She's someone to definitely look out for. But this is just the pit. This is she's at the tip. She's at the top of Everest right now. Yeah. There's there's no one higher. So she's got to come. No, with, it's really prepared. Amanda and John Jones. After um, this whole riot happens and the pandemic all goes out, um, they're going to be having the race of people that bring us to enlightenment. Like it's the two of them. Like imagine they're <laughs> okay. They are gonna have some super MMA babies that are gonna bring us. <laughs> I know, isn't that weird? She's married. <laughs> Is she married? Yeah, she's a yeah. She's an online math teacher for a reason. She made that Felicia money. Spencer. Oh. Amanda Noons. Oh, Amanda Noons is married to Nina. Well, I know her and Nina are together. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Nina really had a baby on the way. Yes. Oh, I thought it was all just you talking shit like Hell Nina was gaining no. weight. She got the, she got the old turkey baster treatment. She went. She, I don't know. Amanda is a real. She's a real woman. She's a real bitch. She go out and hunt her. I'm just telling you, she's going to make a 45 fucking run. What are your average scores? (laughs) On DraftKings, for the 9,400 favorite, average 100 points for Amanda Nunes against the average 83 points for the 6,800 Felicia Spencer. I'm going to not be going ultra heavy on Nunes here, but I am going to be playing some Spencer as well. I don't think it's a bad call. I don't see it as stacked. But I see myself playing more Noons than Spencer. Yeah. But I'm, there could be some uh, sub attempts, uh, you know, from right, Felicia right, Spencer. right. But I think I'm gonna go in that forty percent as well for Noons. I'm gonna go like this whole night. It's either her or from what I heard, right? It's either her or Boston born. Uh, Rocco Martin. Rocco. I feel more comfortable with Noons, but I hate doing that because she's nine four. Yeah. Rocco Martin is who I want to do, but. The more confident, and the line shows it, is Amanda Noon. So I don't like doing that. If you know anything about the PMP, you better be sure you know what's coming your way tomorrow morning. Oh my gosh, I have more underdogs than I do favorites. You do. <laughs> you <laughs> the only I, I Amanda Noon's. She's probably one of my linchpins because she's like okay, yeah. I can feel comfortable. She's up. She's, she's gonna be up. So her and Rocco are probably the two, and then I'm gonna be mixing it up. But I'm gonna have some Magni, and I'm gonna have some Spencer. Uh, but it's going to be in that 10% I'm feeling range. an Amanda Nunes, Brian Kelleher type of thing. I think I'm going to wait for the next week's fight cards. I feel like there's bigger gaps and more options. We said sure. everything. We always forget something at the end that we were like, we forgot to tell them about it. We talked about John. We talked about this fight card. This fight card's deep. Deep. Are you going to pay for it? Or are you going to end up using one of these uh, Bruce Buffering candles, limited edition, <laughs> to get you through the night? I might have to use a Bruce Buffer candle. Absolutely. I think if it shines bright, they say the stream's Shine clear. right? Like Bruce Buffer candles? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, thanks for listening. For the YouTube audience, we did miss you, and we'll do better at getting it on. We are still working at technical stuff, other streaming platforms, and everything like that. But it is is fun and we are glad to be out of quarantine so i love you guys and thanks for listening let me